Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that pops out of a birthday cake, topless, ready to rock and roll. Here are two guys that will do anything you want for $10, Matt and Doug. Well, except help you move. I'm not going to help you move. <laughs> but anything else, anything else I'll do for $10. It's Matt. How are you doing, Doug? <laughs> I'm good. It is. Doesn't that suck? I mean, now we are versed in the tomfoolery that our friends would involve us in. Like they would call you on a Thursday and go, hey, man, are you busy this weekend? Well, no, I'm not. Well, great. You can help me move. Oh. Now, if somebody were to ask you, are you busy this weekend? No, what are I you got shit say? going on, man. I got shit going on. <laughs> it's been a hot minute since anybody's asked me to help them move. Other no, than my I think, kids. I think once you get into your 30s, it's you're kind of to the point where it's just like, fucking hire somebody, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I've moved. I lived four different places in Columbus. And I just rented a truck a couple times. Okay. And, you know, I didn't have that much stuff. So it was yeah, a lot well, easier then. When I moved into this house, I want to say I was 37, 38. I was 38 when I moved into this house. And everybody that I had asked to help me move, fucking, they owed me big. Because I had every single person that I helped ask me to move, I had moved them at least twice. So I was called in a chit. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. You, you got to call in those markers. Uh huh. But you ready to go ahead and get started? I am. I am. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. I, I looked up short dicking every cannibal in the Congo. Uh huh. And there's a whole forum about it. Yeah. Of what I, people I, think it means. See, I have an explanation, but go with yours first. Some people say, oh, it's just a marine thing. They're just being salty. Um, some person said he was just making it up to sound obscene. Uh, one person said that he was trying, like, he would do something so disgusting to make pile motivated, meaning that he would chop off every dick with his teeth of every cannibal in the Congo. Or short dicking means that. You're only, you're only sticking the tip in. Okay. None of those is what I have. Okay. He would get pile in shape. So when the cannibals eat him, there will be less food. Okay. Cause short dick can mean screw over short change. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Sure. Okay. Vanilla fudge. I know you've heard at least this. heard that that's vanilla fudge huh yeah and also season of the witch season of the witch it's the season of the witch (laughs) i don't know maybe man i don't know (laughs) but yes the first song i have heard and i think it was actually redone by the supremes maybe but anyway maybe that song was done redone by the maybe the supreme the Supreme did it originally fudge. vanilla fudge. Yeah, cover, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Uh, suppositories. 
I'd asked when Private Snowball had said the book suppository and they all chuckled. And I said, did they, those guys really know about suppositories? More than likely because they were invented by the Native Americans to fight hemorrhoids. And suppositories were quite the common thing. Okay. Plaxico Burris. Yeah. Played for the Steelers, then the Giants, then shot himself and went to jail, then went to the Jets and back to the Steelers. He did not play for the Giants after he went to jail. Okay. Good possibility that I had him on my fantasy team when he played for the Jets. The Charles Whitman movie starring Kurt Russell. Yep. That's what you said. 1976, The Deadly Tower. Some of the things I had said he brought deodorant with him. He did. Plus an alarm clock, binoculars, toilet paper, canned peaches, a machete, and sweet rolls. Arby's was founded in 1964, so I had that year wrong. Okay. You had mentioned that chopper pilots may have had a high mortality rate in Vietnam? Yes. Okay. There were 11,846 helicopters in Vietnam during the Vietnam America, when America was involved in the Vietnam conflict. Okay. 5,607 of them were shot down. So you had a 50% chance of getting your ass shot down. 40,000 pilots and crew served. 2,165 pilots were killed. 2,712 crew members were killed. Yeah, life expectancy of a Huey pilot in Vietnam was between 15 and 19 minutes. And as you said, you gave the numbers, about 5% of helicopter pilots died in action. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll pass that on to the next section. I actually found a deleted scene that actually makes something make sense because when pile shoots himself in the head Mm -hmm. you said there's no way because he would not have had ammunition because you have to check your ammunition in okay there's actually a deleted scene where it showed where he got his his ammunition oh yeah so jimmy fallon showed up and gave him some ammo (laughs) Hey guys, need some bullets? <laughs> it's not even close. 1987 was a big, big year for Vietnam War movies. Platoon, February of 87. Full Metal Jacket, July of 87. Hamburger Hill, August of 87. Okay, The Omen 3. The U.S. ambassador to the U.K. kills himself with a shotgun and is replaced by Damien. That was okay. my thing with the blood from the back of a head being shot by a gun okay uh i listened to your elf podcast all the way through okay um this is what i have to say about how you feel about that movie matt is a curmudgeon matt is a curmudgeon sorry i forgot you gotta gotta hit that button again to stop it (laughs) okay (laughs) that is not his most will ferrellist movie I would say he's super Will Ferrellist in Wedding Crashers and then Anchorman and Step Brothers, which I didn't care for Anchorman, but I like Step Brothers. Uh, I just not not a huge fan of him. I do like some it's, of the movies he's in, but I just I do not like him as a person. But I, the thing is, but the thing is, I listened to the podcast very closely, and every time you brought up like something that happened, you laughed about it, you chuckled about it. I think you were just trying to be edgy in front of your family. <laughs> That's that, what I think. That's it. Sure. That's it. And and if you were ever to die, 
I, I would definitely take your oldest son on as a podcast partner. Your youngest son sounds like he's high all the time. <laughs> he does have a slow delivery. Yes, <laughs> he does. And the fact that he only took 135 words of notes. Yep. Uh, he's, he's, he's mailing it in. He licked the stamp. Yep. He licked the stamp. Yep. Mailed and, it in. Enemy Mine was not nominated for any Oscars. Okay. I, I actually was shocked. I thought for sure it was, but it was nominated for some Hugos and other smaller awards that don't mean dick. Ah. Are you done? Mm. Yeah, my, my elf thing was the last thing. That okay. There is now an initial strength test that per, potential Marines must pass. Okay. It is. Care to tell. I have it. it. Oh, In excellent. two minutes, you must do either a set amount of pull-ups or a set, set amount of push-ups. Want to take a guess? Mm, in two minutes? Yes. I'm going to have to say 10 pull-ups or 60 push-ups. Three and 34. In two minutes? Yes. Oh, see, that's that's the problem with lowering the standard because you're you're not getting the best people. But, I mean, the military certainly does have an issue with filling their quotas these days. Uh, 1.5 miles you must be able to cover in 13 minutes, which that isn't even a brisk walk. Uh, you must be able to do a plank for 40 seconds. Yeah. And standards are lower for females. Yes, which is bullshit, which is we've talked about that for firefighters. If you are in a burning building, you want somebody who can pass the same standards. Well, and that's the thing, too, with uh, special operations in the military is, oh, we got to let women try out to be SEALs or Rangers or Green Beret. Fine. Yeah. But they have to pass the same standard that a man passes, because if you're in combat and my 190 pound ass goes down with a full ruck. I need to be able to count on you to pull me out of fire. Exactly. But those are the standards now. In the 50s, Marines needed to be able to do a minimum of three chin-ups, 21 push-ups, 25 sit-ups in a two-minute window, 15 squat thrusts in one minute, and a six-foot-long broad jump and duck waddle for 50 yards without There's stopping. There's no way Pyle would not have passed that. No. He couldn't it, even do one chin-up. And the very final part is being able to run half a mile without stopping. <laughs> okay, okay, Space Force is indeed part of the Air Force. It has 8,600 right. members. Okay. The portrait of Dorian Gray was written by Oscar Wilde. CDMA was indeed used in the Vietnam War for communications. It eventually was used in cell phones until it was superseded by 3G. Mm. Kalen is 46 years old. Okay. Appears to have retired in 2015. Yeah, I'm disappointed in that. The James Webb Space Telescope is what I was talking about when I said it wasn't the Hubble, it was the other one. Not the Bertram's Telescope. And then the last thing is a couple weeks ago, you had talked about Cheers. Yeah. And I was actually looking through clips, trying to find if I had certain things, and I found this one. She's a big A with no T's. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and then we have... Waffle. Mm. Waffle. The, the segment that I can't get killed. Yep. Well, don't worry about it. It's going away. So, and it's the same thing. It's the, well, the, the it's, it's not exactly, yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, but it, it shows them getting off the bus. Yep. That's that one. 
bonus well, clip. Well, it was the same. Th- it was boot camp. It's it was not showing the same them, thing. And then you say, no, well, it is the same thing. It, the same thing, meaning that they were all, they showed them both get their, getting their, their buzz cuts. But I wanted to add in there that the boys in Company C did not start off that way. Okay. Well, let's see if you can defend this one. Okay. <laughs> it's the guy who was. No, it's not the guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. I don't know how I can defend that one. Okay. So. Moving on. Who did and there was some some question about what last week. Oh, really? Because upon further review, I, I really feel that I should have won last week. And I asked a neutral third party. And they said neither of us should have won because we both suck. <laughs> so, oh, all right. And who is the neutral third party? It'll come up in just a little bit in the okay. what's going on. So the first one is you. Is that you, John Wayne? Is this me? Who the fuck said that? You, John Wayne? Is this me? Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, next one is me. There's a little bit of you in here, but it's actually I got to say, hold on a second. I got to say the audio five finger chef kiss man yeah it's really it, it's i'm telling you this this new soundboard it's really nice yeah it, it does what, make a difference and once i once i figure out how to hook up my ipad and add clips from that onto this i mean you have the potential of getting four plus four plus four twelve dug clips a week <laughs> You can change the little... Actually, no. No, wait a second. It's eight. It's eight. It's, but no, it's, it's 20, 24. I can get 24 Doug clips. Okay. The thing is, you realize that there's multiple banks. Yeah, there's three banks. No, that's, those are the ones that are populated. You can create up to like 20 banks. Yeah, no, there's, there's eight that are already populated. There's eight... Oh, you mean I can make more banks? Yes. I don't think that's necessary. I mean, I don't think it is either, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. No, you're right. Okay. The next one is me. (laughs) Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. You didn't convince me. Let me see your real war face. (laughs) Let's hear yours again. (laughs) Let's hear yours again. (laughs) (laughs) Bullshit. Okay, then the next one is there are times listening to the podcast where something happens and it's usually something that is not planned. It's just something that happens naturally. Okay. And I have to listen to it multiple times because I'm just laughing so hard when it happens or when I'm listening to it back. And this is one of those. Do you know what it is already? No, I don't. Did you order the code red? <laughs> You're goddamn right I did. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. You were so upset when that was over. <laughs> I know because I was going to I was going to do that. <laughs> and I would I had not planned on doing that. It just kind of came either to me. Either had I. Yeah, either had it occurred to me right at that moment as well. Okay, the next one is once again both of us but mostly me. What makes the grass grow? Blood. What do we do for a living? Kill, kill, kill. What makes the grass grow? Blood, blood, blood. What do we do for a living, ladies? Kill, kill, kill. I can't do multiple voices at the same time, so. No, no. 
Uh, the next one is me, and you couldn't figure out what it was at the time, and I didn't know the name, but it's actually not that bad. Dun 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 dun. That is. Uh, I got to see a lot of the countryside. That's uh. Well, we'll hear more of that artist this week as well, Jimi Hendrix. And then, are are you ready for some douche chills? Oh yes. These boots are made for walking. <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna. God, I feel like a fucking tool when I'm singing that. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. I, I can just imagine you were like shaking your man boobs while you were singing that. Yes, I was. <laughs> uh, the next one is me. And I don't know if you caught this. This is what I was trying to do. It wasn't trying to actually do Full Metal Jacket. I was trying to equate Full Metal Jacket to a different film. Okay. Is that a peace pin on your uniform? A pledge pin on your uniform! Which is, of course, oh, yeah. Caddyshack. Yes. Uh, next one is another singing one from you, and you, you did not get the words right on this one either. Bully, bully. Okay. A bully, bully. That is, of course, Wooly Bully. Oh, Wooly Bully. Huh. Not All right. Bully Bully. And not Bully Bully. This one, I don't know if it's the right part. It's the right, it's the right video and... I had to listen to this whole fucking thing to try to find one that was close to matching up, but just listen to it. It's you. He is not singing through most of that, by the way. Is his, he lip syncing? His mouth is like just a gape, you know, not even, oh. even moving a bunch of the time. Okay. The next one, I don't know who it is because I lost it, but it's one of us. I use, I, I also cook. <laughs> I'm just a cook. I use, I, I also cook. <laughs> I also cook. I, I found the second one, which I think is the one you were actually doing yes, after I'd done uh, the yes. first one. Yeah, and that, that, that clip will actually be included in this week. And then the last one is me. I don't bargain. I don't bargain. Yeah, I'm going to call it a tie this week. Okay, that sounds fair enough. Moving on. Hey man, what's new now? What's fucking new now? Well, it was Christmas. And three days before my Christmas, or before Christmas, my youngest son discovered that there's no Santa Claus. Ooh. Yeah. Care to guess who told him? Well, it's either going to be his brother, his mother, or one of his friends. Remember the guy that we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago who said that his kid found out that there was no Santa Claus, and this guy said, don't tell anybody? That was him, his son? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and we went to the museum today. And I told him about it and he goes, God, he's a dick. <laughs> Speaking of the museum, I ran into B-Dub okay. for like a hot, for a hot second. I'm looking at him. I'm by the Tatanka 
display okay. on the other side and I see him and I'm like, man, is that him? Is that him? And I'm staring at him and he's staring at me. I don't think he recognized me. And, and as he walks by, I just go, B-dub. And he looks at me. He's like, because <laughs> you can say B-dub anywhere. Right. You know? Nobody's going to, and then he'd be like, oh yeah. Okay. It is yeah, him. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. But yeah. So it was him. Shook his hand, said hello. I was following my family. He was following his. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was fun at the museum. That was the first time that Joey's kid had ever been to the museum. Joey hadn't been there forever. So it was, uh, it was all right. He was taking pictures of all the statues with penises and boobs. <laughs> Okay. We did not find, we did not find the thing that you were referring to. It's very likely it's no longer there, but I'm the fact that Joey actually knew what I was talking about. It it, Mm -hmm. it gave me credibility. Yes. Yes. So we have a couple of ceiling fans in our house that are, that are bad. And I had hired an electrician and I had to cancel. I just, I hired him for two hours to come and take a look at some seal or an hour to come and take a look at some ceiling fans. And I had to cancel. Uh, and I emailed the guy and, you know, said, I'm sorry, but you know, something has come up. Nobody's going to be here. And he said, Oh, that's okay. We can reschedule. It's 200, you know, more than likely you're going to have to replace the ceiling fans. So if you get the ceiling fan, it's $259 to install each ceiling fan. <laughs> and I go, you know what? I've done this before. And, uh, we went to Menards and the boys each got is, the ceiling fans in the boys rooms and we let them each pick out their type of ceiling fan that they wanted. Okay. Each one had a remote control. First, we did my youngest and I said, look, here's the deal, guys. If we're going to install the ceiling fan, which they're both very excited about having a new ceiling fan, you're going to have to help me. And they were fuck, both fucking rock stars, man, helping me out. And it was, you know, it was one of those dad moments where you're showing them the breaker box, how that works, uh, just stripping wires, doing everything, using a drill, using a screwdriver, explaining, okay, you hook up the white wire to the white wire and the black one to the black one and the green ground wire. And it was pretty cool, man, except for my youngest. We got it all put together, turned on the light switch. Didn't work. Fuck, 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 fuck. And I don't know if you know, like today's ceiling fans, to get to the root of the problem, you got to take everything apart, which is what we had to do. Uh, and it was just a wire that the, what do you call it? The wire nut? Orange, the wire nut I didn't have on tight enough. Did yeah. that. Boom. Second son's feeling, ceiling fan. I said, before we put these blades on and before we put anything else on, we're trying this fucker out. Yeah, I always it test worked. it before I, I screw it down. Yes, yes. And then uh, Christmas Eve service friend of show Dan was sitting next behind me and somebody was telling the story of the the pastor or priest who wrote silent night back in the 1600s or early 1700s. And his last name was Gruber. And I just kind of turned around and look at Dan and give him a side eye. He (laughs) let out a chuckle. (laughs) You give him his coasters. I did. Yes, I did. Uh, And then uh, on the day after Christmas. Oh, and by the way, you know, once my son, this is, like I said, this was three days before Christmas and my wife is tucking him in and all of a sudden I hear him crying. I'm like, Oh, okay. Something's going on. So I go up there and I knew exactly what it was. I knew exactly what it was. He's crying about it. And he's like, I just need a moment. I just need a moment. And the thing that he was most disappointed about was that the magic was not there anymore. That he was true, still under the illusion that everything that he got from Santa Claus was built by elves in Santa Claus's workshop. Okay. 
So that magic was gone. For me, when I found out, it was just kind of like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And I told him, I said, look, this is not going to be like losing a pet or losing a grandma or even losing your favorite toy. It's going to be something that you're going to get over very quickly because you're still getting the toys. You're still getting the stuff and it's not going to stop. But, uh, nothing really eventful happened on Christmas day except, well, my dad and stepmom came over and we're sitting at the table and my dad starts talking about like this mass shooting where 15 people were killed in, in, uh, Poland or some Czech, Czech Republic. I think it was Czech Republic. And I'm like, dad, it's Christmas, man. Can we change the subject? <laughs> Come on. Really? But the day after Christmas, we went to my sister's uh, to celebrate Christmas with my mom and that stepdad. And my niece had made a video years ago when we'd come over there for, for New Year's and she'd finally finished it and added up all the, all the, the um, special effects and everything like that. And my two sons were like the two bad guys in this film. Okay. And they were known as the Eskimo brothers. <laughs> so I had to keep that one to myself. <laughs> and then, uh, two nights ago, we played this game that my, that best had gotten for the family for Christmas. It was a game, it's a game called kids against maturity, kind of based on cards against humanity. Have you ever played that? I've played variations of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's where, you know, somebody reads something and then you have, you have to fill in, you get five cards with something and then you, you have to put what you think is the funniest thing and you give that to the judge and then the judge picks which one is funny and you get a point if your card wins. And it's kids against maturity. I've played cards against humanity. It's raunchy, but not terrible. So I thought, okay, this is going to be pretty mild. Let's see. <clears throat> I had to explain what a moose knuckle is. Okay. What sand pancakes are, sand pancakes are what a hot dog fight is and dog's lipstick. <laughs> um, so yeah, not so clean. So then in our white elephant, one of the white elephant gifts that we received at my mother-in-law's house was, um, what's that meme or, or what does that meme? I think that's the name of the game. Okay. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with that one? Yes. Same thing, except there's a picture and then you have to, you get your cards and then you have to kind of do the same thing. What you think is the funniest. Holy fuck. That's that's that game is vile because so some of the ones we still, we played like two rounds and one of them, you know, was <clears throat> what happens when your vibrator runs out of battery right before you finish. Uh, <laughs> how you look when you have an erection that lasts four hours or longer. Uh, what, a lot of things to do with drugs and drug dealers and, uh, getting fingered and that time of the month. And I, I pulled the plug after the second round as my missus is looking at me going, this is not okay. And then my son, who's having a couple of friends over for new year's said, can we play this? No. Cause if they go back to their house and tell their parents, yeah, that you played this game and they're familiar with it. We're the ones that get in trouble. Yeah. It's going to totally blow back on you. And that's all I got. Okay. I will try to do this in, order uh had a white elephant party for work and i was kind of torn about the whole white elephant thing because white elephant it can be something good or it can mm -hmm. be something shit mm -hmm. some people literally brought in stuff that they just found in their car see we always if, with with our white elephants and it could be called yankee swap or chinese gift exchange as well yankee trader sure um 
our rule is it's got to be something new, but it can't be something that you bought. Oh, okay. So, so it's got to be something that, or it could be something that you bought. Like when I say something that you bought, like you couldn't go to the store and buy something specifically for a white elephant. Okay. Okay. It's got to be like a cock grout tool that is still in the wrapper that you bought, but you never used or a gift that you got. So most of the shit that we get is, is junk, but we just either donate it or, or put it in the box and save it for the following year. I have actually went to multiple parties like this where I ended up stealing back the gift I brought nah. and then okay. just returning it. God, you're such a cheap bastard. <laughs> but I figured I was going to do something kind of cool and figure, you know, it gets stolen a bunch of times. It caused a bunch of buzz, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wrapped up uh, a, a soda can. Okay. That I engraved. You can engrave soda cans uh-huh. when, they're, when they're still full. It's actually All real right. simple and real fast. And then I also put in a thing of coasters and I said, whoever gets this has a choice. You can get a 12 pack of whatever of your choice engraved with whatever you want, or you can have these coasters, these four brand new coasters engraved with pictures or monograms or whatever you want. First guy of like 50 people picks it. Never got stolen. Mm. And I asked him afterwards, so, like, so what do you want? He's like, I oh, just give me a 12 pack of Mountain Dew. I'm like, what do you want on? He's like, I don't nothing. I'm like, what about the coasters? He's like, I don't really use coasters. <laughs> I felt like saying, can I, can I have those back then? Yes. <laughs> I, can, I can still use them. Yes. Yes. No good deed goes unpunished, Matthew. But we had talked about the Panthers Falcons game and how tickets were, I think, going for under a dollar. Oh, really? And so I was checking the seats for the prices for the Packers game because the Packers were playing the Panthers and the cheapest seats were about 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And so I said to my son who recently in the last year became a Packer fan and he actually said he wanted to go to a game sometime. I said, Hey, if you want to go to the Packer game on Christmas Eve, let me know. And then he never let me know. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're not going on Saturday. He texts me and said, yeah, I'm in for the Packer game. And I'm sitting in bed watching TV and I get this text that says, I'm, I'm in for the Packer game. And I just say, oh, fuck. You know what I would have done? What? Well, sorry, we're not going to the Packer game. Well, that's what my wife said. She said, you don't have to go. And I said, I'm not going to be like my dad because my dad would ask us if we want to go someplace and then we say we do. And then you'd be like, I don't really want to go. <laughs> it's a shitty but thing to is- do. But this is different. This is, you had the perfect out. Well, I can't get tickets. Well, he knew you could get tickets. Well, but I had a, did he though? He's got the internet. Okay. So I had a choice of either getting $20 tickets or I could get really good tickets cheap. And I opted to get really good tickets, relatively cheap. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking about waiting until, the day of to get tickets because figured prices are just going to go down. And I'm like, no, you know what? These tickets are good. They're reasonable. I'm going to get them now. So I got the tickets. We're, we're driving down and I hand him a notepad and I said, yeah, you're my note bitch. We're going to listen to my podcast and you have to write down everything I say. Okay. So for housekeeping and stuff like that, he said that, and this is an exact quote and he wrote this. I did not tell him to write this. So this is when I transcribed his notes. This is what it says. Doug and other hooligans are guilty of eye fucking an 18 year old nanny. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, she's 18. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I said when I talked to him about it. Uh, but we, we stayed about 40 minutes North of, I never did finish that story by the way of how I came home. Okay. And from work and she, and the boy was asleep and she was out on the deck in a bikini on the lounge chair. And I just stood over her and, and showed my dominance. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's how some movies start. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, well, you should really not be doing this. You should really, really be taking care of junior. And then she you gets know. stuck in the, the shade lounge the or the, or the dryer. Yes. Oh, let me go, let me go do some laundry. And then yes, she gets stuck in the dryer, but man, God damn, did she look fantastic in the bikini? And unfortunately, and I probably was eye fucking her and that never happened again. But we, we stayed about 40 minutes North of Charlotte and how long of a drive is that for you? It's about six and a half. It's about the same okay. as you going to Indy. Okay. But it's, it's shit. It's a terrible drive because it's all fucking mountains. Ah, uh, And yeah. it's terrible at night. And most of the drive there and most of the drive back was at night. But we got there. We checked in the hotel. We go out to get something to eat because it, it was Sunday because, or it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Sa- Saturday, yeah. But we, we go and get stuff to eat. And then we're walking out of the restaurant. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom before we leave. So I run back into the, the restaurant and yeah, it was, it was not good. And then we're driving back. And as we're driving back to the hotel, I'm, I'm how far from the hotel are we? How far, how far from the hotel are we? And then a cop got right behind me mm. and I'm like, Oh, but when we went, rolled into the hotel parking lot, I just kind of parked cross-eyed and just made a dash for the lobby. Okay. But I had forgotten to bring sunglasses. So uh, the the night before I went out to, there's a gas station that was walkable from the hotel. And I went and I got both some Imodium and looked at their sunglass selection. Their sunglasses, and if you saw any of the pictures of me and sunglasses from that day, it's kind of a, a cross between gangster and burlesque dancer. Okay. They are now Jen's sunglasses. Ah. But we're in the hotel and turn off the TV, trying to go to sleep. And the people in the room next to us are super, super loud and just an overwhelming smell of wheat. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned to my son. I said, do you want me to see if we can get another room? He's like, do you want to get sleep? I'm like, okay. So go and go up to the front desk. And I said, I, I'm not trying to cause a problem. I was just wondering, do you guys have any openings? Can you just give me another room? The people next to me are loud. And if you walk down that hallway, you will get high. I just need another. I don't want anything. I don't want anybody to say anything to them. I just want a different room. So they gave me a different room. Went nothing. So we, we go to the game. Game was good. The Packers didn't play well. They won. But, mm-hmm. you know, they did not play particularly well. Uh, and that emodium just kicked in because it, it's feast or famine is having to shit all the time to not being able to shit. Yeah. And having to shit, but not being able to shit. That's what the drive home was. Okay. Where, where, you know, it's there and you stop, but it, it's not budging. Mm-hmm. And this is where he actually said that neither of us deserved to win who did it better because we both suck. I don't think I've ever taken emodium before. I take it every year when I go up to the cabin. Oh, all right. 
Uh, Dawson, he did not know what an RCH was. Okay. And then it's Christmas. Christmas was pretty much Christmas. And then we did our family podcast of Elf. And it was it was a little McClunky. Uh, it wasn't great. It, it was. It's just some things that were a little odd about it that Jen gave the movie a B. And I, I wanted to say, I want to say to her that that's not how we do things here on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I want to say... Your other son, I think, gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Or no, he gave Christmas Story a 4.5 out of 10. Mm -hmm. That's also not how we do things on the podcast. (laughs) Well, you got to understand, the only time he's ever listened to the podcast is when he's been in the car with me. Okay. But I'm breaking everything down after we're done with the podcast, and I have these little portable mic stands that I use when I'm not where I'm doing the podcast now. Mm -hmm. And you know how you collapse mic stands? Yes. Pinch my sack. <laughs> Ooh, how'd you do that? Because I was pushing it together, like down by my crotch. <laughs> Jeez. And yeah, I got a little blood blister that immediately just, poof. oh, it's not good. And last couple things, uh, read an article about Barbara Streisand talking about how beautiful she is. No, <laughs> and I just have no, to walk not. past it. Yes. My, my son, after the podcast, my youngest had friends over, and one of them found a $50 bill on the junk drawer. And Dawson said, well, that's mine. Actually, it's my dad's, and, but he took it. And then he texts me, hey, do you want that $50 back? Yes. It's mine. It's mine. Uh, this week, I was in class um, a couple days for work, and that was whatever. But I, I'm a liar. I lie. I, I do it easily. And you, you need to know that to understand this next bit. And my oldest does this as well. He says things with such conviction that if, if it's something you don't know, you absolutely will believe him because he says it with such, you know, belief in his voice. Oh, okay. But when I was talking to my mom and Jen about the movie we're doing tonight, my mom said something about how Steven Seagal, isn't he kind of a, a bad person? I'm like, yeah, he's, he's, he's Putin's stooge. And they said, what? I'm like, yeah, he, he's a Russian stooge. They're like, whatever. And then I see Jen on her phone. She's looking it up <laughs> because mm. she didn't believe me that he was. Well he, well, he is a Russian citizen. Yes. He does have dual citizenship. And then. Which is weird. You take your decorations down yet? Yeah, we did it yesterday. Uh, we did it today, and Jen passive-aggressively got me to help. <laughs> all I did was the outside stuff. Uh, Bess took down all the inside stuff. All the decorations, decorations on, what, what day is today, Friday? Yes. She, yeah, she took all the decorations down on Wednesday and then did the tree yesterday, and I took the older boy and I said, let's go do the, all the outside stuff. And it was cold and damp and kind of rainy. Well, I have oh, to gotta, get everything, all the boxes back in their, their spots because ah. some of them are heavy and they're on shelves and, you know, the Christmas mm-hmm. tree goes in a box and it's heavy and all this other yeah. stuff. But the last thing, and then I actually have a question for you, but I was at the grocery store today and the grocery store is pretty packed today. I think that's probably because the Buckeyes are going to start playing in about an hour. Ah. So people were getting stuff and then also because of New Year's, but I had my cart kind of here and then i walked three feet away to get some fruit or something and this guy comes up takes my cart and he just shoves it (laughs) 
Oh, he, he didn't move cool. it. And I look at him I'm like, excuse me. And I did it like apologetically. And he just kind of looks at me, scowls and shakes his head. <laughs> okay. It wasn't you that had the problem. It was him that had the problem. But later we were both in line and mm-hmm. they opened up a new line and he had 15, 20 things and I had a full cart. Normally I would have just said, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I'm going first. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you stay in the long line, asshole. Yeah. The fucking you give is the fucking you get. Okay. And this is kind of for you, but it it's still. And now it's time for Doug's gay question of the week. This is not my question, but I saw it online and I thought it was very, very interesting. Okay. Your wife has been kidnapped uh-huh. and is being held in a location 30 minutes away. Okay. You're driving to rescue her. Yes. It's a warm night and the windows are down. Do you listen to music on the way there? Mm, no. Maybe a podcast. <laughs> I think that's worse. <laughs> I'm going to listen to like some jujitsu <laughs> podcast or something to get me all worked up. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. And what right. year is this from? Uh, 1992. Okay. So the only hint that I have is it is not Encino Man with Pauly Shore. Okay. Hmm. Okay. The mummy? There's should there's a sound at the end there that should have given it away. Okay. As to what genre it is. Alright, just right at the end. Hold on. Let's go over here to the end. Not a clue. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Once you play the reveal, I will tell you what the giveaway was. You might even get it. Okay. Well, sir, you are a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. He should arm himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. It's unforgiven. I don't know. The Spurs. Oh, the Spurs. Spurs. Okay. I didn't, I didn't put together that it was Spurs. I probably should have done that. So yes, my, my bad. You should have. Yes. yes. Oh, and I screwed up this week as well. Oh, okay. So I've prepared to hear a song we've heard before. Yes. Steven Seagal, Gary Busey, Tommy Lee Jones are in this movie. Playboy playmate with giant fake titties Jumps out of a birthday cake Thought she was asleep under siege On the USS Mar- 
Tomahawk missiles under siege on the Missouri. And that was one of your movies, too. It was one of my movies. I went back after I recorded this and went, oh, man, I think I may have done this one already. The Beast. It, it was The Beast. How did you How did you get that? I looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I pulled up the spreadsheet and I did a search on Country Roads. Yes, The Beast. Yes, that's right. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This week we are doing Under Siege, released October 9th, 1992 on a $35 million budget. It grossed $83 million, had a 79% Rotten Tomato critic score and a 63% Rotten Tomato audience score. Directed by Andrew Davis, best known for Above the Law with Steven Seagal and The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones. Written by J.F. Lawton, best known for Pretty Woman and the sequel to this film. Starring Steven Seagal, best known for being a pretty rotten human being. All kinds of sexual assault allegations and uh, staged fights and lies and all I mean, just type in why is Steven Seagal a rotten person and a host of websites pop up. There's a great podcast. Why. It's called Behind the Bastards. And they do kind of like takedowns of people throughout history that are terrible. And I believe they have an episode on Steven Seagal. Okay. There's a podcast that I listen to frequently called Cleared Hot. And the guy, the host of that, Andy Stump, was hired to do technical uh, advising on a couple of Steven Seagal movies. And then also, I think, stayed at his compound. And he talks often about how, how much of a piece of shit he is. Also starring Gary Busey. The top four IMD movies, you know, when you go to IMDb and you scroll down on, a, on an actor and it usually has like the four, their four top movies with the thumbnail of it. Mm-hmm. He dies in all four of those movies. Point break. Uh, Gary Busey. Uh, I can't think of what else. Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. Yep. Lethal Weapon. This, this movie. Okay. And the Buddy Holly story. No, oh, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Well, you know that Buddy Holly dies. Spoiler alert. I might want to watch that. Don't tell me what happens to the big bopper. I don't want it to be s- surprised. And, uh, and um, not Bobby Darren. Um, Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Thank you. Yes. Uh, also starring Tommy Lee Jones, best known for 25 episodes of One Life to Live. The first time that I ever saw anything with Tommy Lee Jones was a made for TV movie called The Park is Mine where he plays a Vietnam veteran and he takes over um, Central Park to like protest something. Not familiar with that. Well, it was a made for TV movie. I, it was one of those things where it was Vietnam. Oh, okay. I'm going to videotape it and probably watched it half a dozen times. And Erica Alaniac, best known for being the pretty girl in ET. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. So she's the girl when, how familiar are you with ET? I've seen it once and that was in the theater okay so when you were in third grade you saw it Mm -hmm. when et is getting drunk and et and elliot are symbiotically joined yes and so elliot is getting drunk also in class and they're getting ready to dissect frogs which they would not have done in second grade i wouldn't think so yes and elliot's getting drunk and he's releasing all the frogs and then a kid like falls down and he steps on the kid's back to be able to reach the tall girl and kiss her who is Erica Olaniak. Oh, wow. So there's two 
people that were in E.T. that were in Playboy. Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. with her mournful boobs and her monster bush. Yeah. Did she have a monster bush in that for the time? Yeah. Not comparatively, but I mean, it wasn't a seventies thing, but it was pretty big for when she was in there. Okay. All right. All right. So did, did you see this movie in the theater? Never seen it before. Okay. That's right. We talked about that. So I saw this movie in the theater in October of some, at some t- point and I can't remember who I saw it with, but I know specifically that after Thanksgiving dinner, my, I took my brother to go see it. And I'll tell you the part where, well, of course, what did we do in the car on the way to go see this movie? You got high. <laughs> we got high. <laughs> and I'll, I will tell you the part in the movie where he reaches, reached over to me and whispered into my ear and said, this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've only, I only got high before one film. It was a really okay. bad film to get high for. Okay. Arachnophobia. Oh, that's not a good movie to get high for. <laughs> not really. No. Yeah. Yeah. The the first movie that I got high for in the theater was with the ledger and we went and saw New Jack City. Yeah, I saw New Jack City at a theater out on uh out by where Channel Six was. So Northridge. Ah. Which is not a no, great no place no. for me to see new jack city <laughs> with with iced tea yeah and mario van peoples chris rock oh chris rock is in that too yes judd nelson and um that's it nobody else yep okay yes so the movie starts it's a warner brothers movie uh it's the ocean we see the actual missouri do you know the backstory of how they filmed this film they the the stuff that they showed on the ocean was the Missouri, and then the rest of the film was the USS Alabama. Yes, which is in port and is a floating museum. And they had to create this giant black curtain that they would hang uh, whenever they were shooting it so you couldn't see the city lights. Okay. Yes. And there's a control room, and there's all kinds of... I'm not, why I didn't pull the William Shatner beeping and buzzing and blinking lights because that's what the control room is just full of. Sure. And, uh, is this one, are they in the kitchen? Are they in the galley at this point? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Someone is talking to him and maybe uh, not yet. No, but I just have their 30 minutes outside of Pearl Harbor and somebody's talking to Seagal and asking why he's not in his whites. Yes. The president is coming. Uh, He Um, won't miss me. Yeah, and and then he, the officers bust his balls, but in a good way. And he's fixing somebody's tie. And he is like, more people start asking him about the, the whites, which is the dresses. Someone says he doesn't have dress whites, and he says, I got the, I got the dress, forgot the pumps. <laughs> but, oh, that's right. He's on his way to the captain's quarters. Right. Because he goes in there, and Gary Busey is also... Uh, the captain says, Ryback, come on in here, get in your dress uniform. And he says, if I had your ribbons, I'd wear them to bed. And maybe uh, I could introduce you to the president. And then, well, Casey Ryback. I have this. I have this. name, yes. And Commander Krill, who's played by Boosie, have this conversation. I appreciate that, sir, but I got a lot to do. I don't think that's a good idea, sir. Well, for once, uh, Commander Krill and I are in total agreement, sir. 
By the way, I do have 50 gallons of bouillabaisse that I need to prepare by tomorrow. My birthday. Yes, sir. I could do the cheeseburger routine. No, no, it's not for me. It's the crew. They really love that stuff. So we'll uh, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Just don't show your face until after the ceremony. Yes, yeah. You're a sorry-looking sailor. That I am, sir. Thank you, sir. Why do you tolerate that clown? I know you think he's a good cook. Well, he's more than a good cook. You No, you have no idea. Now let him be, XO. Yes, sir. Almost everyone on this ship, with the exception of Krill and a couple of Krill's cronies, love Ryback. Mm-hmm. They think he he's he's the shit. He's the cat's meow. That's and actually XO, what I was going to say. <laughs> the XO stands for executive officer. So Krill is second in command. Yeah, he's like number one. He's the Will Riker of this ship. Yes. Yes. They roll into Pearl Harbor and they are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Some guy of a newscast is giving the history of the USS Missouri, how it was created as an act of revenge for the bombing, whereas the Missouri actually was already being built when the Pearl Harbor bombing happened. And then President Bush, the first President Bush and his wife give a speech. And then the newscaster also says that they ordered the removal of all nuclear tomahawks from all U.S. warships. Yeah, and this is actual stock footage of HW. And Ryback is... Oh, he didn't He didn't shoot this for this movie? No, he did not. <laughs> but Ryback... Did you know that this... Did you know that the... Uh, Die Hard 3, they watched this movie and then decided what Die Hard 3 was going to be because the original script was going to be on a cruise ship. Okay, that's absolutely 100% not true. No, are you sure? Because that's what it says in IMDb. Because the the actual Die Hard 3, which is Die Hard with a Vengeance, is based on a script called Simon Says. And it was actually adapted to be a Die Hard film. It was not written as a Die Hard film. It's possible that they said, okay, we were going to have it on a ship, but -hmm. we're not going to, but because of Under Siege, and then somebody said, oh, we got this other one, but, so, the truth probably is somewhere in the middle. Yes, okay. But Rybex is bitching about the money spent on the photo op as he's cutting carrots, and some stock footage, and credits are going, credits are really long, and there's, the ship puts off an impressive wake. It sure does. Are there dolphins in the front of it? Do they show that? I think they do. Just like yes, in Titanic, do. yes. Oh, all right. So Titanic stole something from this movie. Right. And as they're um, going through, I think it is the mess, they're showing a bunch of people. And I recognize one of the guys that was here, one of the more senior guys on the ship. Do you know who that was? UN Jefferson. <laughs> Yeah, that's my. No, he's on the bridge. He's on the bridge with the captain. Oh, is that what? Okay. Yes. He's deep in the cast list, though. I mean, he's he's not in it very much. No, and they show they never show him get killed, but they show him dead later on. And then a guy with no soul is talking to somebody else. And we've seen this guy before. He is definitely one of those guys. Those guys. He's usually like chairman of the Joint Chief, or he's probably been on a bunch of episodes of Law and Order. Uh, I do know that in the Medal of Honor, no, not Medal of Honor, Call of Duty video game series, he's got a reoccurring role. Okay. Well, once we get to it, the I I assume it's at the Pentagon, wherever the the room with the round table is. Mm -hmm. 
basically everybody in that room is in under siege two. Oh, okay. In the even same the CIA roles. guy who even the CIA guy who smokes heaters. Yeah. Okay. He's trying to buddy fuck, fuck Ryback in that one as well. <laughs> oh, all right. But yes, he's trying to convince a guy, uh, to let a helicopter land. And this is a guy, I think this is Johnson Johnson, uh, that we see later on get killed in a gunfight. Yes. Could be. I don't but, know. And he's, and this guy Johnson says, Krill is not running this ship. The captain is. And then the guy with no soul says, well, this is for a surprise party. You know, how would the captain authorize this chopper and it not be a surprise? And then, yeah, Johnson says, well, what's on the chopper? And then he shows him a Playboy issue, Mm -hmm. 1989, Miss Jordan Tate. And she, Erica Laniac actually was a playmate. She was. And Pamela Anderson was originally up for this role in an interview. She said that in the casting room that Steven Seagal basically said, hey, if, if you want this part you got to do something for me. <laughs> and she turned it down. And then Erica Alaniac said, Oh no, I got the part based on merit. I'd never had to do anything. He was a total gentleman. But, uh, Krill says, we don't have the time to talk about this now. Um, and somebody says, you don't have time to talk about the security of nuclear weapons. Well, no, Krill is talking to another guy, the, the, uh, nuclear ordinance ordinance officer. Okay, and he wants Krill wants to limit the patrols during the party, and the guy says, "No, that's unsafe, and I will follow your order, but under protest." And they're already operating under skeleton crew because they're they had just left Pearl Harbor. They're basically going to be decommissioned, more or less. Yes, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna float it up the Mississippi River and then to the Missouri River. And Cue Ball is Cue Ball the character's name. <laughs> Cue <laughs> ball shows up. That was a Doug lie, by the way. Okay, I don't think I don't think you'd get a battleship up the Mississippi River. I wasn't even paying attention because I was trying to figure out where Cue ball is. Cue ball the characters? It must be the character's name. Yes, he comes down to the kitchen, and I got some douche chills as they dance. To I got the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the soulless guy comes comes in, and he's not happy with these shenanigans, and he talks to Petty Officer Ryback. Petty Officer Ryback. Ensign Taylor. Sir. You don't have to serve me, Ensign Taylor. We're casual down here in the galley, you know? I'd watch it, Ryback. We still have a week together. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. (laughs) What do you want? I have orders from the XO on the captain's birthday. We're having dinner flown in from Hawaii. This galley will be cleared by 1700, and you and your crew are to assemble at the mess deck prior to the helo's arrival. Negative. Excuse me? I'm the only one who cooks for the captain on this ship. You don't like that? You go talk to him, all right? Right back. I don't believe you get it, do you? See, this is a surprise party, and no one is going to talk to the captain about this. You know something, Vincent Taylor? Captain don't like surprises, and neither do I. Well, then I guess we'll just see what we'll see, won't we? He must have been a pain in the ass to Mike. Oh, Steven Seagal? Yes. And it's not just this movie. That is his... Deli- I'm going to talk really quiet and not going to emote. This is, this is when I'm mad. This is when okay. I'm happy. Well, you want to hear what Family Guy has to say about Steven Seagal? Sure. I arranged for you to get some combat pointers from my old buddy, Steven Seagal. Uh, uh, this, this fat guy? Yep. 
Go on. Ask him anything. I, how did... Uh, why, why are you so fat? Okay, ask him about anything but his weight. Uh... Uh, you act Asian, you look Native American, your name is possibly Jewish. What are you? Hey, fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so uh, as this guy leaves, the guy with no soul, yes. One of the one of the guys in the in the galley says, Krill's gonna skin you alive, and he says, I'm not afraid. And then he's got a throwing knife, not like a regular cooking knife, but an actual Knife that you would throw to a target. He throws it at a target, bulls, a wooden bullseye target. That's just there for some reason. Well, I mean that maybe that's what he does. I guess, but Krill yeah. shows up at the captain's quarters. Want to see me, Captain? Uh, yeah, I know about the helicopter. It was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and you're being insubordinate, and. Uh, Krill says, the Admiral wanted to thank you. And the captain says, well, if he wants to party, we'll have to, or if he wants to party, we'll have a party, but we got to do it by the book. The watches remain. Yeah. I, and then there's no way a ahead. captain would buy this though. There, he no, is. Why, why, why on earth? It makes no sense whatsoever. Why you would limited the watches uh, and patrols when you've got that kind of ordinance on board. And and the, the chain of command exists for a reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there, there's just no way, but keep it simple. Off duty personnel can attend watches are by the book, which yes. is what exactly what the other guy wanted. Right. It, and then Krill goes to leave and he says, Hey, since the Admiral wanted this to be a surprise, if you could stay in your captain till we come get you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we see a chopper and there's Tommy Lee Jones and all kinds of other guys in the chopper just it's it's a real quick shot and then we go back to the galley and ryback is cooking up a big pot of bullia base i don't know what bullia base is is it just water with like a bunch of lorries bullion cubes dumped in there it's it's a little bit thicker than broth i believe it's almost right. like a gravy type thing i think and when you put it over roast beef or <sighs> i i don't know chicken okay but krill comes in if I'm not mistaken, every one of you has orders to report to the mess deck for the party. You stand fast. Everyone else, go. Now. See you at the party, Casey. You know, Ryback, this does look delicious. It smells like a lard omelet. I put up with a lot of your shit just because the captain likes your cooking. But this time, he is not going to be here to save your butt. Is that right? <laughs> Little flavor. You like that? Fucking yeah, that's striking an officer! Oh, oh. Come on, that's not striking an officer. Fucking striking an officer. <laughs> Okay, all right. Hop okay, him right. throw him hey, in the brig. Knock hey. him up. Throw him in the brig. Nobody goes to the brig without the old man's signature. Good point. Secure him in the meat locker. Now. Right now. Let's go. Now I know why you're a cook. You hit like a faggot. 
So during that fight, before mm-hmm. it stopped, like seven different people went after Ryback and he took them all out. <laughs> well, he's using Aikido, which is his s- slow, methodical martial arts specialty where it's all wrist bends and elbow bends and taking your hand and putting it on the back of somebody's neck and, and pushing him down very slowly, but it still pushes him down. Yeah. There's a great clip I saw of fat Steven Seagal fighting these guys and Mm -hmm. it's so slow. Yes. Yeah. Apparently there's a super cut of him running also. That's (laughs) okay. (laughs) He runs very silly. Does he run as weird as Tom Cruise? Oh, weirder. What much, much weirder, but, uh, they lock him into the into the meat locker, and Krill tells the Marine that it was in both of the U.S. Marshal movies. Yeah, the Fugitive U.S. Marshals. Yes. yes, that he's a psychopath, and he hates officers in America, and we don't want him ruining the party. Don't let him out. If he gets out, shoot him right here, and he taps his finger on the forehead. I'm counting on you. And then he leaves, and... Yeah, you, you kind of spoil it. He was in the other two Tommy Lee Jones films. But you, you forgot to mention it here. You mentioned it in the Facebook post. But there's one thing specifically oh. that is different about Steven Seagal's look in this film as opposed to every other Steven Seagal film. He doesn't have a ponytail. Yes. Yes. You're not allowed to have a ponytail in no. the Navy. And even his hair does look a little unregulation-like, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, it should be high and tight, but he still kind of has like a... Just an RCH of a mullet in the back. It's still, and it's pulled back. But anyway, the the private who actually just came on in Hawaii, so he's not part of this long-term crew, so he's not part of Krill's staff, but he also doesn't have an existing relationship with Ryback. He's a little scared. And Ryback is just in the freezer saying, oh, another cold day in hell. And then... <laughs> This is going to be as bad as um, what do you call it? It's going to break. <laughs> the ice is going to break. Yes, but Tommy Lee Jones is on the helicopter, and he's talking to Erica Laniac. We don't know their names yet. Yes, and she says, "I hope I don't throw up." And he laughs. You'll be fine. And there's yes. music as the helicopters coming in. People put chucks under the wheels, and a couple people are going out to greet. The helicopter but yes well it, all the sailors are kind of you know hanging over the gang oh what are, what are those called what are the the railings the railings what would the railings be in a ship called i know there's a there's a specific term for them i don't know I, uh but they're all like auga auga eyes popping out and their tongues falling down and one of the people is in a tux and it's colmini from star trek yes Yes, um, Ensign O'Brien. And then there, we see a shot on closed caption or close caption, closed circuit TV of Erica's ass. Mm-hmm. And then somebody says something about some low angle stuff, classy, but he wants to see fur and early morning dew. Still <laughs> yes. don't understand what that means. I, don't, I know what fur <laughs> means. I don't know what the early morning dew means. You know, maybe like, you know, get her worked up so she gets a wet pussy. There I don't you go. Know. Yes. Possibly. Yes, but Ryback is talking to the private who is on guard, and he says, don't you think it's strange that Krill put me in here? <laughs> the private has his fingers in his ears, la, 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 la. Yes, yes. And then Krill is with 
Erica uh, Jordan Lignac, Tate. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Yes. We'll just I'd call her Jordan. Uh, she says, I feel queasy. And then he shows her where she can change. And then Tommy Lee Jones comes in choo-chooing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Krill talks to him. Are you ready? Wherever you want me, wherever you want me, I'm here to rock and roll. Something like that. Some, some gobbledygook. He gives Jordan Krill gives Jordan some pills and he says, take two. And she asks what he did to his face because he got cut when he had the interaction with Ryback earlier and he says he cut himself shaving. Yeah. Yes. And then is, Ryback, is he giving her not Rohypnol, but is he giving her like sleeping pills? I think it's probably Dramamine. But why does she fall asleep then? Because she takes like six of them. Oh, okay. Yes. And then Ryback tells the private, the private to take his pies out of the oven. And that is a gas stove. Yeah. You would not have a gas stove on a destroyer. You mean a battleship? Or a battleship. Yes, correct. And then Jordan says that she must be crazy doing this. And she says, I feel very sick. And she takes five or six of those pills. Yeah, a handful of pills. That's what I said. So yeah, I, I would have caught up to it eventually. Yes. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is performing up on stage. Uh, there's a BBC cutting some meat. Mm-hmm. Big black, big black cook. Okay. He's a big black cook. But what is the name of the band? Oh God. I don't know. I didn't write that down. Bad Billy and the fabulous bail jumpers. Ah, all right. Don't oh, see your dog this time. It but is below deck. The private is saying he has orders not to talk to Ryback. Yes. And while he's saying that Ryback is taking to the cuffs that were, he was cuffed in the back and he is bringing them up over his legs. And now the cuffs are in the front. Mm-hmm. Go talk to the captain. Little E1 prick. Oh, no, wait. Goes like this. Go talk to the captain. Little E1 prick. And I guess that's kind of a dick move to, you know, he's, he's basically mocking his, his position, his rank. Yes. But at the party, the band is playing and someone is singing. I don't know who. Yeah. And then below the people are working, are having food brought to them by guys in tuxes. And they have a question. I'm going to say that's the engine room. Okay. Yes. Where's Miss July? Back at the party. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, Krill comes out dressed as a woman. Welcome to the revolution. And you and Jefferson is not impressed. Yes. He's sitting next to Bill Clinton. <laughs> Doesn't that guy look like Bill? I remember thinking that when I saw this the first time. That guy looks like Bill Clinton. Would you, you wouldn't have even known who Bill Clinton was, would you have? Sure. 92. Oh, 92. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you would have. Yeah, this is uh, this came out in October of '92, so right before he was elected. First time I, I voted, and I voted for Bob Dole. Okay, Bob Dole, not going to take your shit. Well, no, the first time Clinton was elected, it was oh, against. Oh, that's right. It was against that's HW. Right. That's right. It was against HW. Yes. Second time, I don't even think I voted. I think the polls were so in Bill Bill Clinton's favor that. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother to go voting. You know who I voted for, um, for president and vice president? I voted when, for in 90, yeah, in 92. Oh no, 96. Ross, 96. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wouldn't have been Ross Perot. Nope. Hmm. Hmm. Bob and Brian. Oh, you wrote them in? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Was that like a bit, a radio bit? Oh no, I just did it because it, it didn't matter who I voted for. It was... It was our Clinton was so obviously going to win that it was a runaway. Yes. Yes. But Krill is going to get the captain. Um, 
It's him and Colmini. What? Colmini. Colmini. Yeah, the guy from Star what? Trek. O'Brien. Oh, and Krill. Okay. Say they're going to surprise the captain right now. Okay, just call Manson O'Brien. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, Ryback is now talking to the Marines. Uh, or wait, no. Ramirez asks a couple of the guys oh, where where yes. Ryback is. Yes, and this guy we've seen. He was he was a big time. He's usually a bad guy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this guy's um, name is Ramirez. Okay, he talks to the Marines. Where's Ryback? He's in the cooler. It's like forty in there. He'll be fine. He, oh yeah. Back down below, Ryback's talking to his guard once again. Krill's a maniac. You saw him spit in my food. This is where he says, get the pies out of the oven. Well, he said he, this is the second time he says it. Okay. Because he says, you know, the oven's on fire. Get my pies out of the oven. Uh, there's some more music. Krill gets to the captain's quarters. I'm your date tonight. And yeah, the captain isn't impressed with Krill's outfit. <laughs> But then we go back to the party, sing. There's a singing back and forth. There's harmonica. And then Tommy Lee Jones' character, whose name we still don't know yet, and I had it wrong, even though once they say it, says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is the highest ranking officer in this room? Stand up and be recognized. And Bill Clinton stands up. That'd be me. (laughs) I I did not have sex with Casey Ryback. (laughs) That's right. He didn't. (laughs) <laughs> I had sex with him. <laughs> so somebody stands yeah. up. Yes. And, and Tommy Lee Jones shoots him and the staff, all the waiters, all the band, everybody, all the cooks all have guns and they take over very quickly. Yes. Krill shoots the captain. Uh, the, the Marine who is outside of his quarters goes in without, without even minding that chief O'Brien is standing right there. And chief O'Brien shoots him in the back question. Yes. So the thing has already started with Stranix killing the highest ranking officer that's at the party. When mm-hmm. Krill takes out a gun and kills the captain, he uses a silencer. Why? Uh, I don't know if the bridge or if other things... I suppose just because the party knows, maybe you're right. Not every place in the ship knows yet. Yes, correct. But the guys that were in the engine room, they take the engine room. They shoot the officer in the leg. No reason. No reason whatsoever. And who is that guy? I I know where I know him from, but is he a sergeant or something? A police officer like like a Chicago cop in the fugitive? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah, he I, he's the guy who I think is leading the thing where he says this is guy's a special kind of creep and we want to get him when they're passing out pictures of Harrison Ford Richard Kimball Richard Kimball yes Kimble. Dr. Richard Kimball yes go back to Ryland Ryland Ryback he hears gunfire what's going on Ryback uh, asks again it's music shit for brains no. The Marine says, that's music. And Ryback says, hey, shit for brains. That's gunfire. Call the bridge. And I don't, I don't know who you're talking to. Nobody's listening. I'm talking to you. Yes. Uh, they're now moving the sailors. The sailors are all kind of marching in a line, going up and down ladders and stairs and stuff like that. They have their hands behind their back. One guy gets smart and thinks he can take out somebody. And he gets shot 
gets thrown to the ground and shot multiple times. And then Tommy Lee Jones pulls out a pistol and shoots the guy next to him and says, let this be a learning experience. Gentlemen, if you resist, we will kill you and the man next to you. (laughs) And they're, they're welding as they're moving these people and they're welding doors shut behind them. They're not wasting any time with doing exactly what they need to be done. Some guys rappel down, uh, we don't see what they're doing yet, but then they lock all the sailors in a big room, which we find out is the forecastle. There's more shooting. There's more repelling. Krill opens up the safe. And well, right now he's in a dress. His wig is off, but he's got what? Pantyhose stockings over his head to hold down his hair. Yes. Yeah. And then he, um, yeah, he, he's right looking for something. And the thing he takes out of the safe at, at first, I said, is that a set of discs? And we find out. Yes. It actually is. But he's looking for something, and then he finally finds it. Here it is. Here it is. Listen to the shit I've had to put up with. The past few weeks, Commander Krill has become increasingly hostile to the crew, possibly due to anger over my last reviews of his performance. I recommend that he be given a psychological evaluation before taking over his next assignment. Do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? Not at all. Um, Krill says he has to change, and he changes back into a regular uniform. Why would he change back into a regular uniform? I mean, maybe that's all he has. Uh, What else is he going to change into? You know, a jumpsuit or something, or some blue jeans and a t-shirt? I don't know, man. Uh, You know, but there's a nerd guy that follows guy, a little weaselly guy, older guy with glasses and slicked back hair, vaguely looking German guy, but he's not German. But oh, by the way, did you record the game that you were at? And did you go back and see if you could actually see yourself? Like I said, I think I saw you on TV. It wasn't on here. I've been look, waiting for it to be rebroadcast on NFL network. Okay. So no, yeah. I have not went yeah. back and looked at it. Okay. It was towards the end of the game. And, and I was, I just kind of looked up and saw a pan of the crowd. And I am like, that guy's got a, a big nose. And I saw a yellow <laughs> baseball cap and it took you like three days to answer my question. Were you wearing a yellow baseball cap? Well, I thought you were being a smart ass about something. God damn right. I was, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why would I be a smart ass about that? I don't know. I don't know, but the, you, you did it first in on the, like the Facebook post. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. My thing about it was towards the end of the game where I, I posted the field goal that put them ahead. Uh-huh. And they still almost fucked it up. Yes, they did. And yeah. depending on who you ask, they really did fuck it up. It's just the refs helped them out. Mm-hmm. But um, Krill walks on the bridge and he has a gun. And now they have now they have the bridge. And yes. And th- then they go to C&C, which is command and control. That's the room that's all dark that has like all the, the places where you would write with the grease pencils and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I just call it the control room. But mm-hmm. They, they, he says that your destination destination is the foxhole, and well, it's the forecastle. That's what it's, it's called, but it's it's the it's it's a shortened version of that. I yeah, think. I, I figured that out, but because they say foxhole, and then they point at the screen and it says forecastle on it. Yes, yes. The nerd guy sets up. Tommy Lee Jones gives hit the, him the disc and says, "Guard this with your life." Right. The guy's name is Mister Pitt. Mr. Pitt. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't see it, Elaine. I can't see it. <laughs> it's a schooner. 
but they say to bring up the layout and it's a schematic and they they control everything and there's a few loose soldiers might be out there sailors okay sailors but they're in non-essential areas yes yeah reactivate the weapons and deploy the welding crews and chop up broadway which i did not understand And broadway is a that's kind of a universal term in ships Mm -hmm. and it's basically the thing at the bottom that goes from end to end kind of right up the middle yeah tit to ass yes the private opens the cooler door that what's his face um Ryback is in. Mm-hmm. I think you got a clip here. Well, Ryback's talking to him, and the the private still is saying, you know, he's still not on board. Mm-hmm. Commander Krill warned me that you were tricky. Private, I'm not tricky. I'm just freezing. Now something's going on here. Call the bridge. Nobody's going to yell at you. You're just doing your job. Check right away. All right. All right, I'll check in. That's all. You do that. And be careful. And we go back to the control room and Tommy Lee Jones is cutting up some roast beef. Yes. And he tosses a big chunk of it to the BBC who just <laughs> slapped, grabs it with his hand and then bites into it. If somebody threw you some deli meat with their bare hands and you caught it, first of all, would you be like, Hey man, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> it, it would be completely situational. Yeah. And also like how well you know the person. Right. When was the last time they, they used the bathroom? <laughs> right. But we were, if we were up at the Shangri-La and you came out and I'm sitting around the fire and you came out with like, you know, some sliced up turkey deli heat meat and said, hey, Doug, catch. And I threw it at you. Yeah, I wouldn't eat yeah. that. No. <laughs> no. Great way to get the shits. <laughs> right. Right. How the fuck do you think I got pink eye, man? <laughs> <laughs> but Krill is looking at charts and someone comes in and they said, they got a call from private Nash on guard duty in the kitchen. Yes. And then Tommy Lee Jones says that's unsecured. They have access to the whole ship. (laughs) Plot point. Plot point. Yes. Krill says that's Ryback. And Tommy Lee Jones goes, Ryback. (laughs) He's a cook. He's a pain in the ass cook. Yes. Uh, He tells the private that was party poppers and that he, and, and Tommy Lee Jones says, tell him somebody is coming to relieve him. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, be, so he's not surprised when people show up. Okay. I guess, yes. Yeah, and but, then Krill says, yes, we're sending somebody to relieve you. And Krill also says, you know, I'm glad you checked in. I, I've been with the captain. That's a little personal. But mm-hmm. yeah, as you said, firecrackers, party favors. And Tommy Lee Jones wants to know if there are any other oversights or memory lapses. And this tweaks Krill a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. So I'll take care of it. And Tommy Lee Jones says, no, we'll send our guys. Krill still thinks he should go, though. Yeah, he does. But then back down in the galley, uh, the private and Ryback have this conversation. You're wrong, Ryback. You're wrong. Those were party poppers. You got shit for brains, private. I know they brainwashed you in boot camp. Sometimes you have to question authority. Trust me, boy. That's gunfire. Now you get me out of here and I'll go take care of it. I'm going to be relieved in a couple of minutes. So just shut up and sit tight. Something's going on. Use your head this time, boy. Do what you got to do. Get me out of here. When I get out, I'll shoot you myself. Yeah, saying when I get out of here, I'll shoot you myself. That wouldn't help. No. 
It would not help his situation. But Ryback is running in place, I think, trying to keep warm. Well, he's got like a potato sack over his shoulders also. And then the private hears something and asks if it's Krill. Yeah, but no, it's two bad guys. And they make him go down on his knees, cross his legs, get his hands up on his head. Yeah. Where's the cook? (laughs) In the reefer. Which one? (laughs) That one. And then they have silencers on their guns, but boy, those guns are loud. Well, in close quarters, even yeah. even with the silence, but even without, if it didn't have a silencer, and that's the thing with all these movies, with the amount of gunfire they have in these mega enclosed areas where you are, you have two, three feet on either side of you, but you are completely surrounded by metal. That mm-hmm. would be deafening. Sure would. But sure would. They unlock the freezer, they go in and just start unloading and not like groceries they start firing and but Ryback's not there yes we kind of have a pov shot of him up in a ventilation shaft and he comes down and the grate hits one guy and then he gets out and he locks the door and he checks the private nice of him nice of him to see if he's still alive but grabs his keys and then they shoot the door open and then Ryback kills the lights as the bad guys come out and Ryback is still handcuffed but he undoes those and he takes off his white jacket, and what does he have underneath? Is it a black tank top? Yeah, it's a black wife beater. <laughs> yes. And he grabs the knife, the throwing knife, from the cutting board on the wall, and he throws it in a guy's neck, which right. is very clearly, like, he sh- they show him throwing the knife, and then it cuts immediately to the guy, like, with the knife sticking out of his neck, going, ah, <laughs> with blood spurting out. Yeah. They, they didn't have the budget to actually kill somebody. No, or deli- or show a delivery of the knife. No, but he attacks the other guy, uses some Aikido, uh, snaps his neck, and then takes his equipment, which is smart. Usually a lot of times in these situations, they just take the gun. This He takes all the web gear and everything else. And he takes his flak jacket. The thing he does not do, though, is he does not retrieve his throwing knife. No? No, because like, later when oh, yeah, Krill and them yeah. come down, the knife, is, that would be something that he could definitely use. Sure. I suppose. But then he makes a microwave bomb. And how, how does he know what to set the timer for? That's a great question. That's that's one of the things that that always troubled me was, how did he know when they were going to be here? Otherwise, he's setting up a bomb that could kill, like, good people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But he, uh, la, 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 la. oh, up in the command and control, they got an F-18 coming from Pearl looking for the chopper. And yeah, they have the radio of the F-18 and back with Ryback, he goes to the captain's quarters. Captain still dead. Yep. Covers him with his jacket. Boy, and boy, does he look pissed and go back to the control. There's more chatter and the F-18 flies by the destroyer. It gets really, really close. It sure does. Yes. He sees the helo and he's going in for a closer look. And then Mr. Pitt goes, I see it now, Elaine. <laughs> And yeah, no, that's actually this is this is what he says. Welcome to the revolution. 
And that is, of course, air supply. Yes, all out of love. But <laughs> yes, no, Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child. That's when my brother came over and whispered in my ear and said, this is fucking awesome. But in my notes here, I said, what happened to Jordan? Well, you'll find out. And, and another flaw in this movie is he, that F-18 would have had a wingman. Well, n- not only that, the... F-18 at stall speed would be zipping by that thing so quick that it would be next to impossible to, it would never be in that close quarters. For the 20 millimeter phalanx gun, which they refer to as R2-D2 with a hard on. Okay, sure. That's what they call it. Okay, that's, not in Not in this movie, but that's what they, I mean, that's usually that weapon system is used for uh, knocking down missiles, incoming missiles. Yeah, but I'm just thinking with, that plane is shown flying way slower than it possibly can. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So now we are in the war room and this war room was set up to resemble Dr. Strange loves war room. Okay. I buy that. You can't fight in here, gentlemen. This is the war room. And that could have been a Doug lie, but it's believable. And I thought this was the Pentagon. I, they never really say where it is. No, they don't. They don't. But the CIA guy is coming in who we, I mean, we find out he's a CIA guy and some, some lady is saying he claims to, to the CIA guy, uh, he, that he claims to be a company man. What's his name? William Stranix. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Or, ah, fuck. Not great, Bob. Yeah. Yes. And then there's an admiral. We've seen this guy in a million things. And he says, Bates. Mr. Breaker. Uh, you better be candid. We need answers. And in my notes, it says they play a clip of Stranix, but it's actually not a clip. <laughs> Hear this, gentlemen. If any ships or aircraft approach within 100 miles, we will kill the crew and retaliate with everything in the ship's arsenal. Bill, this is Tom. What's going on? Hi, Tom. You know what's going on. I have 32 tomahawks under my thumb, and the only thing you can do about it is alert the media. You don't have the launch codes. Oh, uh, let me take a wild guess. Uh, 5660499780. This is insane. Oh, be careful with that word, Tom, please. Mr. Stranix, this is Admiral Bates speaking. Would you please tell us why the hell you're doing this? Hi, Admiral. Six months ago, your boy Tom Breaker canceled Operation Cleopatra, and shortly thereafter, two young men from Langley showed up in Miami, tried to cancel me along with it. You received each man's right forefinger in the mail, didn't you, Tom? Tom? Yes, I did. Did you expect us to wait in Miami for you to come back and try again? And things are a little chaotic, and I love Tommy Lee Jones' delivery because it is so calm and his demeanor mm-hmm. is almost flippant and he's a little bit wake up chaos and bedlam are consuming the entire world and stranix just kind of starts rambling and krill is loving it and it kind of reminded me of uh gruber hans gruber's thing okay where, where he's talking about shit that has nothing to do with anything about the the uh terrorists that are in jail and stuff like that uh-huh yeah 
Yes. But he, Tommy Lee Jones Stranix says, I'm inevitable. You know, I missed the sixties because of this job. If I had been there, I really feel like I would have made a difference. Uh, and then breaker says the movement is dead. And then Stranix delivers this line. Yes, of course. Hence the name movement. It moves a certain distance. Then it stops. You see a revolution gets its name by always coming back around in your face. You tried to kill me, you son of a bitch. So welcome to the revolution. There's more to follow. I'll stay in touch. And one of them says he's flipped, completely flipped, and they want to see a list of everything that is on that ship. Yeah. And Krill says, they believe you? And Stranick says, they think I'm crazy or paranoid. And then Mr. Pitt says, I have a harpoon ready. Fire one ready. Missile away. And they're all kind of freaking out about the fact that this, that they just launched this missile. Like they just pulled their pants down. Yeah. And we're waiting to see if, you know, Mary rotten crotch was going to give a bad hand job. But yeah, missile is launched below. A guy says pipe down missile away. Yeah. And Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. Bang. You're dead. And then back in the war room, they took out a satellite relay. What doesn't he want us to see? Don't they know we can track him from Pearl? Wake up the president. And they talk about sending out AWACS. You know AWACS are, right? Yeah. it's Well, that's the big plane. My brother-in-law, my sister's husband, flew E6s or E5s, which is the the smaller AWACS plane that you would actually fly off of an aircraft carrier. Okay, but it, it, it basically is a plane that has this giant cookie-looking thing on the top. Yeah, as does this one, the one that my brother-in-law was a communications officer on. So, yes. But they're doing a bunch of welding down in Broadway, and I had no fucking clue what they were doing. Okay, all right. I'm glad that you're going, you went into this movie blind, and you're kind of figuring things out as you go. Uh, but Casey Ryback is down underneath, like, some grates, down where Newt is. Yeah. They come out at night, mostly. Yes. Ripley! <laughs> and, and he's looking up from below. And, and Krill and, and Stranix are, are walking, and time is money. And then one of them says this will cut them to the bone, right to the bone. Yeah. And then Stranick stops and says, what's that noise? And what does Krill say to that? My beloved crew. Yeah. They're pounding in the side of the ship. I'm guessing Morse code. Yes. But come on guys, somebody's got to hear us out there. Ryback goes into the mess hall. He sees you and Jefferson dead, Bill Clinton dead. And he sees a bunch of other dead bodies. Cake is still there. And as he walks past it, because he's got to get into a doorway, he kind of knocks it over with his, kind of bumps into it with his hip. And the music starts, and she pops out with her big old fake titties. Fantastic ass and a thong. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And fantastic tits are shown. Ryback points a gun at her, and then he hustles her into a room, and she says, what the hell is going on? (laughs) What happened to them? And he kind of manhandles her up onto a bunk, and then mm-hmm. they kind of have this back and forth. All right, who are you and what are you doing here? My name is Jordan Tate. I'm in July 89. I was hired to jump out of the cake, but I got really airsick on the way over here. And so and this guy gave me these pills and I don't know what happened. And I guess I fell asleep. What kind of babbling bullshit is this? I am an actress, Okay. I did a Hunter episode and a Wet and Wild video, and my agents told me that I was just going to come and jump out of the cake. How many people on that chopper? Um, 
I don't know, but it was full. And there was a band and there was a lot of caterers. And where's the crew? I don't know. I didn't see anything. You didn't see anything, you didn't hear anything, and you don't remember anything. Look, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, okay? But you have to believe me. I don't know anything. All right, I believe you. So who are you? Are you, you like some special forces guy or something? I'm just a cook. A cook? Just a lowly, lowly cook. Oh my God, we're going to die. See, why would she say that, oh, my God, we're going to die? She doesn't know what's going on. Uh, did, she saw the dead bodies, though, didn't she? No, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. But she still doesn't know what's going on. No, she would have no clue what's going on. I mean, she yes. slept through the machine gun fire and everything. Yeah. She, yeah. It'd be, yeah. She'd be kind of coming out at, like, ambient brain. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're back in the war room. They are giving an inventory of everything on the ship. And the only thing that really stands out that's most important is there are 32 tomahawks. Well, and not just 32 tomahawks. Eight of them are special. Yes. And then Breaker kind of gives a breakdown as to who Stranix is. Mr. Breaker, would you explain to me how this nut could hold a top position in one of our intelligence agencies? Would you answer that? High-level covert operatives like Mr. Stranix are under great stress. They're creative thinkers who, by their very nature... See, Tom trains everyone in the CIA who's crazy. All we want to know is how he got our battleship. That's his specialty. Just last year, we found out North Korea was refitting an old French sub to fire anti-ship missiles, so we sent Mr. Stranix in. You've been financing this goddamn maniac's private army? And didn't occur to you it might become a problem? Once we realized we had lost positive control, under Executive Order 136, we tried to neutralize him. We missed. Excuse me, um, this North Korean sub, how do you know he sunk it? Oh, we're positive he sunk it. Positive. First of all, what is the next cut to? Uh, the sub. <laughs> right. But let's back up for just a second here. Okay. When they're talking about how does somebody like this get employed by the CIA, this might be the most realistic part of the film. Is There are people like this that work either directly for the government or are in part of like a, a black, what are they called? Not black ops, but... You know, like Con- the, contract contractors. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. These people are crazy. They're mercenaries. They're basically hired killers. And then yeah. the whole thing with uh, the the sub. Oh, he's pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, but, and they're using cartoon nicknames as mm-hmm. they reach out to con- contact the sub. Which once again wasn't there. Uh, oh yeah, last week. With the Mickey Mouse Club, they wanted to use uh, Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> it's the Woody Woodpecker show. Watch a lot of Woody Woodpecker. A little bit, not a whole lot. Yeah. And we watched a lot of Woody Woodpecker because I think it was on either right before or right after Tom and Jerry, and we watched a ton of Tom and Jerry. But somebody wants to ask Stranix, or somebody asks Stranix, "You're the Roadrunner? Why? Never been caught." Me. <laughs> A couple of guys are, are missing. Uh, what was their last location? Of the galley? 
And Krill says, I, sh- I told you, you should have sent more men. And then we go back to Jordan and Ryback and he wants to leave her in a closet. It's not a closet. It's a locker. Is it a locker? Okay. Well, well, yes. it actually says yes. he's not wrong. Actually a locker. And she's banging and making a shitload of noise. Yeah. She's throwing a fucking fit. And he says, do you understand what will happen if they hear you? And he puts her back in there and then she throws another fit and then he opens and she's sitting there sobbing. I hate being alone. Do you, you hate, hate being, being dead? dead? <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> We see the bad guys on the move and they go into the galley and, uh-huh. and then we go back to Ryback and he gives her some clothes and tells her to put them on. And he has a couple of rules for her. Okay. You're coming with me. You got to be invisible. If you walk by a hatch and you see the enemy, you become the hatch. I'm going to give you this assault rifle. It's an MP5. There's a selector switch on it. One is fully automatic. One is semi-automatic. The definition of semi-automatic is for when you depress the trigger, one round will go off. That's what I want to give you. I want you to spend one round at a time. Okay? That actually is very helpful to the audience. It is. It is. It is. Uh, But did you notice that that she's wearing like yoga pants later on, which isn't bad. I'm not complaining that she's wearing yoga pants, but why would Ryback have a pair of yoga pants in his locker? I don't ask questions, man. I like to dress up like a chick. <laughs> no, there are, well, you, you listen to the podcast. As I said, with, uh, Will Ferrell's character at one point, his tights are a little tight. It looked like he was smuggling plums. Yes. 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 But back so. in the galley, somebody says, get the lights and, uh, check the breaker box. It's happened before. The lights come on, and Stranix checks the guy, and he yeah, still has the, the that, knife in his throat. Yeah, the man that did this is a professional. He's a cook. He came on board with the captain. He's good with cooking knives. And then Stranix, you actually hear the gurgling of the knife coming out of the dude's <laughs> neck. Yeah, it's, this is not a cooking knife. <laughs> and in my prof- oh. professional opinion, He's a military reject in command of a galley. And then we hear yes. beeping. Beep, beep, beep. Get down. Boom. It, it, I mean, kudos to Casey Ryback. Yes. He timed that out fucking perfectly. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. What was that? That was a bomb, jackass. <laughs> and then Stranick says, I want to see the personnel file on this cook. And everything wait i want to tell us one of his flunkies to secure everything between here and the cic and don't get creative if you see anything call for backup and that's when he asked about the personnel file and then at the pentagon they're hatching a plan yeah and who is that who's uh who's there now uh come on man you've seen dale die oh dale die. Like, yeah yes he's the like the military he's, he's advisor to the guy. stars yeah He's in this. Yes. He's actually a link to my next film. He's in Platoon. He's in. He's in a lot of stuff. He he's the guy that that runs the boot the camp. boot camps for like when they did Saving Private Ryan. He did a three week boot camp with all those guys except for Matt Damon because they wanted him to be an outsider. Yeah, and he's actually in Under Siege too. Oh, Dark Territory. All right, but he's explaining that SEAL Team Five is going to come in with the chopper and an Apache is going to be their escort and take out the radar. Uh, what are the odds of the success? Well, the odds are good. If they're prepared, the odds are not good. <laughs> if the assault fails, what are they going to do? Uh, then they'll launch an airstrike and destroy the Missouri. Yes. You know what that means? Uh, no, I don't. What does that mean? <laughs> 
What does that mean? Do what do that? you mean? Somebody says, do you know what that means? Oh. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't or, or somebody else doesn't no, know? No, I don't know what that means, that they sink to Missouri. They, they sink to Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they should be doing anyway. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, there shouldn't even be a question about it. You've got eight nuclear weapons. I'm sorry. You know, at that point, those couple hundred lives, sailors yeah. are, are expendable. Uh, you can't let those nuclear weapons get to a rogue state. But back on the ship, they're doing charts again. Actually, they're going over blueprints of the ship and Krill comes back. Ryback's file was not in the regular spot. It was in the captain's private cabinet. And yes. w- what did they find out about Ryback? Well, Ryback was the Navy SEAL. Shut up and listen. Expert in martial arts, explosives, weapons, and tactics. Silver Star, Navy Cross, Purple Heart with cluster, and security clearance revoked after Panama. That means he couldn't hold any rating except that of a yeoman or a cook. How little did I know? We just lost two more men in the engine room. You were told to review the personnel file on every individual on the ship? I know what I was told, but I didn't have access to the captain's files at that time. I'll get this fucker myself. Oh, no, calm down. You want to get killed? Are you an idiot? You're calling me an idiot? I'm calling you an idiot. Calm down. Give me three roving patrols. Keep the man pan below the weather deck. Move out. Stay on schedule. Yeah. Stranix is still calm. Everybody else is kind of mm-hmm. freaking out a little bit, but Stranix still has his shit together, but he's having headaches, which I thought was going to actually come back and does not. But we go back to Ryback and Jordan is bitching that she has to carry everything. Well, they're in a turret of some sort. I don't know if they're in the five inch turret or if they're in the 16 inch turret, but she says, yeah, I'm the girl. Why do I have to carry everything? And uh, he says, I support women's lib. And oh no, she says, no, he, Rabbit oh, says yeah, he supports yeah. women's lib. Doesn't she? Don't, and, don't you? Yeah, well, when it works in my favor. And then there's a radio message to the bad guy's crew that Ryback can hear. Beware of booty, boob, booby traps. Do not engage. Yeah. Check in and then switch to an alternate radio frequency. And somebody says, goddamn seal. And then she, Jordan, actually explains she has some rules herself. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I'll carry everything. You kill what we run into, all right? I have a little rule about killing people. Well, actually, I have two rules. See, one, I don't date musicians, and two, I do not kill people, okay? I'm thrilled to death to hear that. Yeah, but it leaves a lot of open territory. Get up the ladder, let's go. God. You tell me where the nuclear vessels are. Yeah, that'll come back. At least part of yeah. it, partially. Yes, but uh, he goes out the bottom, like bottom hatch of the turret, and he runs into a guy. He leg sweeps him and chops his neck. But you, you missed something here. He says that at the very end of that, he's when she says she will not kill anybody. He says that leaves a lot of open territory, mm-hmm. dark territory. <laughs> but they didn't get a full bell ring. They just got like a, <laughs> half, like a half, like like a half hard on. It's, it's a semi. It's a semi. Yeah. Yes. It, he says, up the ladder, let's go. And I think you got the wrong partner. And he tells her to sit. He'll be back in a minute. And that's when he leg sweeps somebody. And yeah. w- what was the thing that we did in high school? And you might not have been part of this when you like karate chop somebody on either side of their neck. I never participated in that. I never had it done to me, but I, there's a name for it. Yeah. It hurts like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It, it does. just drops yeah. you. Yeah. There's a name for it. And I can't remember what the name of it is. 
but the shackles, go, the shackles, yes. there you go, <laughs> the, the shackles. shackles, but more sneaking around on deck and he opens a hatch and grabs something with a cross on it mm-hmm. and he throws it in a lifeboat. Yes. Yeah. And he goes in the lifeboat and, and he sets up a phone and with a little miniature radar dish or, and, and, and yeah, wouldn't antenna. the, uh, the canvas covering the lifeboat interfere with that? I don't know. I don't know. He does something where he waves his hand over it. I've always caught that every single time that I've watched. I'm like, what's he doing? He's running his hand over something. And then he comes back to the turret and she goes, what's that? Well, it's a seal magnaphone, like a car phone. Yeah. Yeah, Like a car phone. If that helps. (laughs) If that helps. Yes. And then, well, he calls, he calls the top guys. Hello. Sorry. You know, Casey Ryback. Chief Ryback. Yes, sir. He's top hand in the teams. Should we add him on this mission? Maybe we can. He just reaches on the seals magnaphone. He's on the Missouri. What? All right, listen to this. Everyone listen up. Affirmative. Roger that. Can you estimate the size of the force we're dealing with here? I'd say about 30, sir. Affirmative. We're waiting to pass you through to Captain Garza. Stand by. Garza is dying. How do we know he's not working Mm -hmm. for him? Hey, I'll guarantee Chief Ryback. He's a good guy. Wait a minute. We're not going to take the chance. Don't tell him anything about our response. Chief Ryback, Captain Garza. Pleasure there, Captain. What we want you to do at this point is just continue to feed us on-site intel. Nick, this man may be crazy, but he's a professional. I mean, they're manufacturing some kind of a railing system to offload the tomahawks. And believe it or not, the Exo's in with them. Commander Krill's involved? Admiral, that means they control the ship. Holy God. Uh, Chief Ryback, this is uh, Admiral Bates speaking. Sir... I want you to coordinate your efforts with us. You understand that? And I want you to keep cool and wait for the strike team. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. I, I better get off, sir, before they pick up this signal. Get back to us in half an hour. Roger that. You're not a cook. Yeah, well, I also cook. Get your stuff. Yeah, he had to get off the phone because he had limited minutes. Yes. Now, what you think of Steven Seagal, you think mediocre action film. Same with kind of like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like they had a very small window where it was like, oh, I got to go see Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, I got to go see the Steven Seagal movie. They had like, they each had like a, like a three, maybe four year window. Yeah. And I and remember, after that, I remember a Seagal's and I missed out on this one because it had came out when I was in college. But the one thing I remember more than anything else about Seagal was he'd always have a weird way of breaking bones. Yeah. And I don't think he does that in this film. Well, I mean, he, he fucked up those Marines in the galley. Uh, no, but he doesn't use a whole lot of Aikido. Well, no, that the fight in the, in the, the, the room with like this. No, the saw, the band saw. Okay. (laughs) He, yeah, he fucks some guys up in there, but you think of, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, later Bruce Willis, late, you know, like look low budget, not that great action movies, straight to video. Mm-hmm. Just, I just, I remember seeing this and even this viewing, like the dialogue is to me is like super rich and super compelling. It's making me continue wanting to watch this film because it's just cool. Okay. 
I don't know how to explain it. That's how I've always felt about this movie. It's just cool. You know, the the weird thing is I went on kind of a Steven Seagal bender <laughs> yes. a couple of weeks back. Okay. And it is, oh, I'm trying to think of, you know how there's some some alcohol that you like, but you can only have a shot of it or a single drink of it. You cannot drink a six pack of it or have multiple shots of it. Okay. It, it, it is good in small doses. Right. But if, if you do multiple shots of it, it's just, it's not good anymore. It's like, nah. yes, yeah. I've had enough of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what I, how I see him in, in this, like the, out for justice, hard to kill above the law, above the law. All on, of them are, are on, de- on deadly ground. <laughs> Isn't that the one where he's in Alaska? I, I think so. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a family guy clip of him fighting a bunch of seals and then picking <laughs> one up and holding it over his head and breaking its back over his knee. <laughs> okay. But I, I get what you're saying. And these, he had a, like you said, a, a window where he was not the biggest star out there, but his films were all kind of in that $30 million sweet spot, probably. Yeah. And this film is, when you look at it from a, just the way that it's made, it has some, some music in it that had to be licensed. It's shot. Well, they have, they do use stock footage, but the stock footage they use is pretty good. Most mm-hmm. of the effects that are in it are, are pretty good. There's a couple that stand out as being bad, but that's more a product of being from 1992 than anything else. There's one come, there's one coming up that I was very impressed with. So yeah, he, he made the best of, and well, we don't want to spoil the thing, but spoil the thing. <laughs> bury the lead it's that thing you know (laughs) we'll talk about the film in general how we feel about it but it is a film that it's better it it actually never mind we'll talk about later but um okay but we actually get a little bit more of ryback's backstory from the people in the war room he had an extremely distinguished career until Panama, when most of his SEAL team was killed due to poor intelligence at the airport. Ryback's a warrior. He's the best there is. When he got back from Panama, he punched out his officer in charge. Captain Adams took him aboard Missouri as his personal cook so he could finish out his 20. Hold it, hold it now. Just hold it. What if this Toad Swyback, or whatever the hell his name is, what if he's right? And the missiles are offloaded before the SEAL team gets there. There is no way for Mr. Stranix to get past us. We have AWAC surveillance and a SOSA system out of Honolulu tracking every ship and sub at sea. When they leave the Missouri, they're ours. Well, how do we know that Honolulu isn't his next target, huh? Tell me that. Hold on, hold on a second. Um, before, before we carry on, I got a special guest here. Okay. And um, Mr. Bach, I'd like you to tell my son... Put the headphones on. That you did not like the movie Elf. Is your dad still on headphones? No, I'm in the headphones now. Okay. So I thought Elf was a fantastic film, and I I cannot find any faults with it at all. You know, you're actually speaking to Buddy the Elf, just so you know. Yeah, no, I and I would have loved to have seen your performance, but you know, it was it was a great film. It. It it almost made me cry. It was so touching. So it was great. You sit on the throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you sit on a throne of lies. Okay. 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 <laughs> That's all you had to say? Yeah. I got had to say what I had to say. I got to stick by my opinions. Yes, got to stick to your guns, right? Right, exactly. All right, all right, okay. But back on the boat, they're welding, and there's patrols, and there's a lot of patrols. Yeah, it seems like there's more guys on the ship that than would have fit on that helicopter. Well, was that the same kind of helicopter that we saw last week? No, the riptide. This was a, this, this was a dual rotor helicopter. I want to see it, say it was a. A CH-37 or a CH-47. Okay. Yeah, I think it was so, a 47, actually. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I know that that helicopter was in World War II, but it was also in the second Gulf War, because I read a book that Oliver North wrote that he rode along in one of those helicopters during the invasion. Mm-hmm. But I think it fits like 30 guys. Yeah, but there seems to be a lot of people on patrol. Mm-hmm. Stranix and Krill are looking at the missiles, and then Jordan and Ryback are on deck as well. And Jordan sees the helicopter and she has a pretty good question about the helicopter. Yeah. Can you fly that? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to. We can get out of here, right? <laughs> he yeah. hands her a gun. And I don't ha- like guns. It has the Terminator laser scope. Uh-huh. And, but he says he doesn't like guns either. And yeah. well, neither do I. And he says, go hide. <laughs> but she ducks under some stuff and he he's running on the deck and he grabs something. And we actually find out what it is very shortly. Right. But back to Krill and Stranix, these things are going to sell like hotcakes. What are you going to do with $200 million in your pocket by the presidency? Yeah. Now that takes a billion dollars at least. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. The constitution was written for people like you and me and farmers to come and serve our country in the white house and now it's the richest motherfuckers out there with the most influence. And still, this is the best we got. Well, you, you know, not in 2024, but in 2028, do you know who's going to get elected? 2028. Not one of the Obama girls. No. Even worse. Chelsea Clinton. Even worse. <laughs> Even worse? Former bartender. Oh, AOC? Yeah. No way. There's no way. Hmm. I don't know. But we, I mean, that, that, that right there is, if you thought Donald Trump was idiocracy, that's idiocracy. <laughs> it, uh, you know, there is, she, w- she was handpicked. I'm not going to get, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get into this whole thing. But we okay. do find out the thing that Ryback picked up. What was the thing that he picked up when he was running across the deck? Uh, it's a can of paint thinner. Would, would paint thinner just be lying out on the deck? Well, I, maybe. I mean, if you're decommissioning it and you're wanting to, to paint it up, if it's if it's heading to like a museum or something like that and they need to give the crew some jobs, yeah, get some of that shit off of there, that oil off of there and repaint it. Maybe. But he creates a booby trap by punching a couple of holes into this can of paint thinner with his knife and setting a grenade underneath it so when the can lightens up it sets it lifts and what what is that called it's not called a trigger pin or a a, a spoon spoon that that's the, the thing the, that you hold tight before you yes. throw okay yes and you pull the pin and then when you pull the pin and you release the the spoon that sets off the primer which then ignites the grenade 
But Ryback fi- fires off a few rounds, which which gets attention, and he's on the flight well, deck. No, go, well, go. No, hold, on, hold, hold on a second. They see him. Hey, there's somebody down there. And all kinds of guys start shooting. And, it's, and my first thought was, do you really want to be shooting at your escape vehicle? Right. That's true. Yes. Well, but that's not their escape vehicle. We don't know that. We they don't do. know that yet. What? They do. But is everybody going to be leaving on the submarine or? Well, everybody's going to end up getting buddy fucked anyway. Well, right. But he grabs a chain and jumps over the side and the helicopter explodes. And this is a great practical effect. He does a John McClane thing over the side of the ship. Yes. Yes. And And they find Jordan and they say, come on out. And she yells, I don't know anything. And there's two guys holding her. And then there's two guys out in front and he takes out all four of them. Yeah. He, he pops out, kicks a guy, then starts shooting everybody. And she's just staying there and he grabs her move. Yes. And, uh, he goes into a door, you know, the big kind of Navy door with the, the wheel that spins and Stranick says, do not pursue that man. Well, what did Ryback do? Uh, he, and I don't, and I, I apologize ahead of time. He, he, he jerry rigged a grenade on the door. I don't know if a grenade would have enough power to blow that door straight out. Uh, I don't think so. And honestly, I think the concussive force inside would probably be more harmful to the people inside than the people outside. But the door blows out and it takes out three mannequins. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This guy's a pain in the ass. And Krill says he know what he knows what to do. This guy's a pain in the ass. You gotta do oh. something about him. I know what to do. I do. Well, we're waiting. This insanity is so logical. There is a fire sprinkler system in the compartment where they are being held. Mr. Pitt. The forecastle. Hit a button. Starts to flood. In a short time, they'll all drown. Ryback will kill himself trying to save him. Elaine, get me some socks. <laughs> it's Mr. Pitt. Yes, I know that. That's why I laughed. Yes. But the crew is getting pelted with sprinklers in the forecastle. Mm-hmm. That would take yes. a long time to flood, I would think. It sure would. It sure would. Uh, I would think that they would also, on a ship like that, they, their fire suppression system would not be water-based. I don't think it's fire suppression. I think it's just he has the ability to... Why would there be sprinklers if it's not fire suppression? Okay, point taken. But Stranix kind of has a respect for this. You're, you're a maniac. <laughs> yeah, well, they never liked me anyway. But they fucking love you now. Yes, but Ryback is showing Jordan the railing system and they, he, he explains what they're going to use it for. Yeah. They're going to use the railing system to get the tomahawks out. And then they hear Morris code, not the guys in the forecastle, the boom, boom, boom. It's tap, 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 tap. What are they saying? Get, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> you think they actually he grabs took it. the time to actually add the fuck out of here instead of just get me out of here. Yes. But he takes a torch and opens the door and, and he's the guys blind that now. are in there. Yeah. Well, did he have a mask? He well, had a mask. Well, then he, pu- then he puts goggles on, but she is blind. <laughs> okay. Right. But Ramirez is in there. Ramirez, uh, Johnson, the guy who 
didn't want to allow the chopper to land. Uh, another old, uh, older guy that we've seen in a million things. He was only there for the party. No, well, no, not that guy. The, the, the other guy in the tan uniform, but okay. then there's the old, yeah, the old guy who's, you know, gunner's mate 44 to 46. And, and then we, we cut to the nerd guy and there's a power surge at his screen. Whoa. And, and says, then we cut. What was that? Yeah, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to Ryback and the other, the rest of the gang. And he says, uh, this, this should disable their weapon system within a half an hour. What, what could possibly take that long? Is it, there a battery system backup that has to be drained? Well, I, I don't know. Okay. But Krill calls out to Ryback over the intercom. Mr. Ryback. May I have your attention, please? This is Captain Krill <laughs> I would like for you to look at the ship's monitors where you are at this point in time. Are you watching? I've prepared a special show for you. Here it goes. I want you to know... No hard feelings. I have no grudge against you or the rest of the crew. You did your best. <laughs> Discipline is right out the window here. <laughs> Granger, turn it off. We gotta save them. You know they're gonna have a trap for us. Yeah, but they're expecting me. Not all of us. All of what? I do laundry. I was ironed during the golf war. I ain't cut out for this hero bullshit. You're in the Navy, remember? It's not a job. It's an adventure. Hey, the hell with that, man. I'm on a college program. I'm with you, Case. Let's do it. All right, I'll stay and watch Miss July. Flicker, can you get the lights out in Broadway for me? I'm going. No problem, but the emergency lights will kick on in a couple of seconds. Minutes, bring the tank. All right, what the hell? Show me how to work this week. Yeah, when, when did she become an ex- weapons expert? Well, she wasn't because when she loaded that, she had the barrel pointed right at her chest. Okay. Well, I, but just still the way that she did it. But yes, but I, I love but, the fact on. that. Go ahead. All that running water that I heard in that video clip. Oh, I got, I got a tinkle, man. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. A thought occurred to me. Oh, yeah? Did it hurt? Yeah, a little bit. But maybe you explained this. Maybe you didn't. Uh Uh-huh. In your Facebook post, post, you talked about dirty family things. Was that the the games you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if you noticed uh, on the the cover for the Elf podcast. Did you see the the cover image? I did. I don't know if it came across, but it was supposed to look like I was getting pegged because <laughs> Jen was like you, right behind me. Oh, oh, you were okay. I did. I, I'm going to have to go back and look at that because I did not catch that. But one one of the things I appreciated about the video that they showed before Casey had him turn it off was they were broadcasting footage from Doug's old camcorder. Okay. And they had no wires attached to it or anything. No, they didn't. Well, are you sure they didn't? Yes, I'm positive. Okay. And it, it would not work like that. 
Oh, okay. But right. the, the crew is drowning, except mm-hmm. they're not. <laughs> and, right. But there's a hatch that uh, Ramirez, is it Ramirez? Yes. That drops a couple of welding tanks down. Yeah, a bomb. And, yeah, boom. And there's a gunfight, and they're moving forward, and they turn the water off. Yeah, they're kind of leapfrogging a little bit, and they turn the water off, and the guy gets hit, Johnson. Johnson! He gets hit. And then yeah, he's not going to make it. And they, they radio in. If, if you can't contain oh. them, kill them. This is the bad guys. Oh yes. They call Stranix and they got them pinned down. Yes. If you can't kill them, keep them con- contained. If you can't contain them, kill them. You had it oh, backwards. That, okay. Looks Sorry. like they're trapped below. And now the, the ship drops anchor. Yes. And this is where it's going to happen. And then Jordan picks up the headset mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a phone call for, Ryback and it's the the people at the Pentagon or whatever the room with the round table is. Hello? Who in the hell is this? Who in the hell is this? This is Admiral Bates speaking. I'm trying to get a hold of Chief Ryback. Is he about? He's in a gunfight right now. I'm going to have to take the message. What the hell is going on there? Hold on. Yes, sir. Yeah, Chief Ryback, this is uh, Admiral Bates. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders, correct? Sorry, sir, you can court-martial me if I live, sir. I see. I want you to listen to me very carefully. The SEAL Team 5 is en route. You understand that? Yes, sir. Nimitz Air Group is our backup. You understand that? Yes, sir. Now, since your ass is on the line, sailor, I authorize you right now to do whatever you can to aid in the arrival of the SEAL team. Because if I goddamn can't control you, I might as well support you. Correct? That's affirmative, sir. You, uh, you have some good luck there, sailor. I'm out. They got a lot of trouble on that ship. No shit. Yeah. There's absolutely no way they would be able to hear anything. No. It would be, well, I don't know, I, because that's what SEALs would be using when they're in combat. They're, they're not going to be using that r- right as they're firing three feet away, I wouldn't think. I don't know. This, the, um, the, the, the Clear Hot podcast that I listened to, he became a Navy SEAL like in 98, 97 or 98. And he said, basically before t- 9-11... It was just working out, getting fucked up, training, trying to get money for new equipment. They they did not do any missions or anything. But so w- once again, they would be deaf from a firefight in that enclosed oh, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, Casey goes forward, Ryback, and he's got a gun in each hand, but he's got his wrists crossed. The cross-handed Uzi thing. Yes. So he's shooting guys. As you know, in the lanes as he's going through, and he takes out quite a few guys. Jo- uh, Jordan follows. What are you doing here? Well, the safest place on the ship is right behind you. And then he takes out a guy with a pistol. Now he's down to his 19- 1911 service pistol. And yeah, the college boy, she, she was supposed to stay back with him. Mm-hmm. And he actually calls out to her for her to come back. And Ryback actually gets a little jealous. Yeah, like your college boy. What's his name? Biff. Don't give me that. His name happens to be Brett. There's a difference? Yep. 
Jesus. Always goes back to can't buy me love. But a, a bad guy is shot, and we get the very cliche falling down the stairs. Yes. And then we see a guy kind of just standing on the floor, and up above him is an I-beam. And it's pointed to a rope. down. It's pointed directly down. And when they cut this particular I-beam, they cut it at an angle, so it was super pointy. <laughs> it's convenient. Yes. Ryback undoes the rope and, well, beam through the chest. And then he takes out another guy and throws him over the railing, and that guy gets caught up in the rope. Yes. They should shoot him. They don't. Right. Because now, he, he's a danger. He sure is. But in the shop, people are cutting more I-beams, and Ryback only has a knife, but takes out three guys. Right. And he takes out a fourth guy by putting his shoulder through a bandsaw. <laughs> yeah, the thing I used in shop, but can't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, fucking awesome. Now the SEAL team is coming in. Uh, well, we it's a POV shot in the helicopter, and their escort, the Apache, comes in. I don't think it would be an Apache. If this is a Navy operation, which the SEAL team most... Most well, it is, and it's a Navy helicopter. What, that would be a a, a a Marine Cobra. What's the range of an Apache anyway? Mm, I don't know. I don't know how far out to sea they are. Well, they've been. Well, they they've got to be pretty far because when they launched that Tomahawk missile, it takes what twenty two minutes, right? Yeah. But uh, Stranix is on the phone. He's talking about money in Zurich, and the guy in the phone yells at him, and he tells O'Brien to sell some stock because what they're going to do is going to cause some company's stock prices to go down. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Pitt. I has, see it lane. <laughs> says inbound <laughs> helicopters are trying to sneak in. But, Almost. And, and, and Stranick is so nonchalantly. Uh, it's a strike team. Yep. Yeah. And Mr. Pitt turns on the gun and yeah. Stranix is talking on the phone. He goes, he'll sell to Mohammed and, and tell the German to kill them. No, no, not you. And the German screen is glitching and switch to auxiliary and everything. He's powers not German, down. though. He's not German. He has an American accent. Okay, fine. Well, he's, I just, it's Mr. Pitt. It's, it's he, I called him the German in my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, the Germans. <laughs> but everything powers down. Yes. Get me the sub. And then Ryback and Jordan hear the choppers inside the chopper. One minute, one minute, and then both are taken out almost simultaneously with stinger missiles from the sub. Okay, so I said RPG, so I had that wrong. Yes. But back at the Pentagon, they're informed of the loss of the SEAL team, and yeah, we have no choice. Full air assault from the Nimitz, and they make the call. And then back on the bridge, Krill says he needs more men on deck to tie the sub up. Well, they say, hold on a second. They don't say that. They say, prepare for ground assault. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He landed. Yeah. Just foolish. What? Choke him. Yeah. Just paraphrasing. <laughs> paraphrasing that. <laughs> but is this where we start getting slap happy towards the end of the podcast? Depends on the movie, but the crane isn't yeah. finished and there's more problems below deck and pull four men off the welding crew to help tie up the sub. Um, uh, hey, boss, the four guys that we need to pull off the welding crew. Yeah, one yeah. of them got impaled. <laughs> you might want to come see this. And they go see it. And it's carnage. And Stranick says to Chief O'Brien, why didn't you hire this person? Whatever it cost, it would have been worth it. 
Yeah. But now we cut to Ryback making a bomb with the artillery shell. It's, it's some kind of, it's the top of a missile or a shell that he's unscrewing and he, he's making marks and measuring stuff and he's remembering to measure twice, cut once. Uh huh. He drills right. into this, it. And fortunately, yeah, he got one cut. of those Revenge of the Nerds silent drills. <laughs> the sub comes alongside and then we see him. He's heating the shell over some boiling water. And he pulls out a grenade primer from the grenade. He's got a condom. Cut back to the sub. They're loading the nukes into the sub. Uh, now he's pouring the, some liquid from the shell. I, what is this explosive turned into a liquid? I guess so. I, I said he pours some oil out of the shell into some Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. And he makes a satchel charge. And the condom is for the fuse. Okay. That's the second time you've said that. What's a condom? There you go. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But Ryback is making up a backpack and he's sneaking up on the deck and he sees the missiles being offloaded. As you said, he has a winter hat on. Well, no, he's got a wetsuit on. That's oh, a wetsuit. Oh, that, is it a wetsuit? That, yeah. yeah, that's neo. That's a neoprene hood that he's wearing. Okay. But I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a winter hat. <laughs> no, he climbs down the anchor chain. Um, he's swimming. And then Chief O'Brien says, there's someone in the water. And they all start shooting at Ryback. Yes. One guy's got a rope with a grappling hook on it and is throwing it over the edge and they pull up a chunk of his suit and he sets the charge. And yeah, that's when O'Brien says to check for a bomb and there's a small explosion. It's like, who saw him? And O'Brien is making a slow approach as Ryback gets on board and he says, you're incredible Ryback. Shame. You're not cooking for us. Mm-hmm. And he's about to shoot him, and, well, who gets him? Jordan. Yep. Shot next him in the back I, twice. Yeah. Next thing I know, you'll be dating musicians. <laughs> but Ryback chuckles. But he's hurt. And she, uh-huh. she helps him, and then on the sub, they're checking out the damage from Ryback's bomb, and someone says, Mamma Mia! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them is called Luigi. <laughs> Luigi! It's fucking Mario and their crew, too. <laughs> it's me, Mario! But yes, and, and somebody says, where's Dahmer? And Dahmer is, that's the, who plays Chief O'Brien, mm-hmm. or Chief O'Brien plays Dahmer. Yes. And the, B, the BBC says, probably dead. But what is damaged on the sub? The bow plane. Can't submerge. Yep. Krill says, he'll fix it. Well, it's, that's, that's not true. They would still be able to submerge. They just wouldn't be able to go deep. But Krill says, he'll fix it, and it'll, it'll work once they're underway. And then... Stranick says, if you fix it, I'll make you an admiral. And th- that's when Stranick says to everybody in the crew. Gentlemen, your work today has been outstanding. I tend to recommend you all for promotion in whatever fleet we end up serving. Yeah, I, I don't know how much that, oh, God, oh. that admiralty, it, actually, I don't think that's official. No, I don't believe so. But he says that, Krill says, Don, where are you going? And where is Stranick's going? Stranix is going back to the bridge. He says he's going to make Honolulu glow in the dark. Oh, yes. Going to make Honolulu. I see. I thought you had that in your clip. No. No. And says, outstanding. And I, I understand greed. This is just really fucking evil. It is. It sure is. <laughs> and one of them says, uh, I'll meet you 15 miles due south in the captain's launch. Rally your men. Here in zero one, I need one settling torch, one arc welder, and one crowbar right now. Tent 
Ma è impossibile, non lo posso riparare! What do you say? Is that can't fix it? I'll fix it! Go now! Spino non lo posso riparare! Why can't you speak English? I thought it was a South Korean sub that they stole, or a North Korean sub. Sorry, I was chewing some chips. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a North Korean sub. If they stole it. Doesn't mean that it's North Koreans that are operating it. They just stole the sub okay. and then and then crewed it up with a bunch of Italians. But I'm going to shoot this. Uh, this is a torpedo so good. It's going to make you cry. <laughs> but below deck, Jordan is nursing Ryback and she says, hang in there. And the sub is underway and they're trying to fix it. And we go back to the control room and Stranix is talking to the guy that's not a German. He says, talk to me. Uh, well, whatever they did, I can't fix it. They're smarter than me. Everything's dead. It's hopeless. So yeah. what does Stranix, Stranix do? Pulls a gun on him and the guy goes, um, give me a little more time. And Stranix says, I like your attitude. Reminded me of the of Swordfish. I've only seen that movie once, but uh, Wolverine. Oh yes, is, is trying to hack something, and isn't he getting head from Holly Berry while yes. he's trying to hack it? Yeah, mm. which apparently not that great because he still could do it. But <laughs> okay, but Ramirez and the others are coming up on deck, and Krill is over on the sub explaining what they have to do through an interpreter. And Ryback has reassembled his crew and are looking at the sub as it pulls away. And they're just kind of standing there on the deck pretty nonchalantly. Like the threat is done. Well, the, you know, it is with when Mike McCarthy was the Packers coach and there's a minute 45 left on the clock and the ball is in bounds and the clock is just ticking, ticking. And it's like, doo, 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 doo. taking your sweet ass time. It's like, no. Time management. Time is of the essence here. You need to do shit now. Yeah. But Ryback yeah. Um, asks about the guy he killed. No, the guy that got shot. Where's okay. Johnson? Oh, yeah. He's gone. Yes. And then this line. And this, this again, like I said, it's just cool, man. Because they're talking about what they can do about the sub. Yes. Okay, let him get away with his shit. What about those five-inch guns? No good. We offloaded all the armor-piercing rounds in Hawaii. We got starbursts. Nothing that will penetrate. Callaway! Gunner's mate. Yeah, Chief. You see those? We still got shells for those. Okay, I know starbursts from Airwolf. Okay. Because that's how they basically, it's the equivalent of flack or to. It's like a, it's like a giant flare. Right. To distract a heat seeking missile. Okay. And then one of them says nothing that will penetrate. I'm like, yeah, I been there, but (laughs) yeah, Ryback is going, talks to the old timer and I, can you mix and match like primer and shells and. No, they got, but they, he, so the five inch guns are smaller turrets, but the 16 inch, that's where they're going. The 16, the big fucking guns with three barrels on it. But the non-German is working on stuff and the every, nerd guy, everything yes. comes back online. He smiles. It's charging. I did it. I did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I was going to say yeah. nine and yeah at the same time. So like, yeah, I did it. I got it back up on line. Yeah. Yes. But they're in the turret. 
uh, they're loading the primer or the powder and the shells, and there's some cool music that reminded me of the the song Black Velvet. Oh, I see. I thought they were making wheels of cheese. <laughs> wheels of cheese. <laughs> That's what they look like. They did kind of look like big wheels of cheese. Ned, no, those are big powder kegs. Right. Yes. Uh, he gives Jordan a job. What about the nukes? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Well, they'll she's concerned that they'll the blow sub. up if they right. blow up the sub. No. Uh huh. They'll just sink with the sub. Uh, put the shell in. Put the cheese wheels in. Mm-hmm. Yes. They fire a starburst, and on the sub, Krill says, "Ah, they're just desperate." And yeah, Stranix goes to leave, and he tells a guy to secure the room, and tells the non-German to get back to work, but not before yes. he called him a jack off and. They're actually using the starburst to just get a visual. Mm-hmm. And then Stranix is on the deck as Ryback is telling them where to aim. And Stranix yeah. is next to the gun as it goes off. And oh my God, we're talking about people being deaf. Yeah. Well, he says fire in the hole. And then you get the murmur, murmur, the alarm uh, fire. Yeah. Stranix gets blown back. He's quite a ways away from the gun too. It's not like he's right by the tour turret. He's quite a ways away, but it's enough concussive blast that, um, the, the, fir- the first time I ever saw this was a movie, a made for TV movie with Ricky Schrader, where he joined the Navy at like the age of 14 during World War II. Okay. And he, and he was on deck of one of these battleships during the battle of Guadalcanal. The whole premise was, is that they found out that he was 14 and they sent him back, but then they, Oh, well, no, you went AWOL. And then he spent a bunch of time in, in the prison and got ass raped and stuff like that. But during the time on his the ship, the battle of Guadalcanal, some guy got blown off of the deck from the concussive blast of the cannons going off. It's too young, the hero. Uh-huh. There you go. Made for TV movie. Ricky Schrader. And, uh, but they just missed. And Jordan says to reload. And Krill is going to try to finish the welding job. And they lower Put the bow this plane. one there and that one there. No, no, no. You took this apart now? I'm trying to get us off this hunk of of ice. Rock. Oh, man. I'm going to get scolded next week, aren't I? But dive, dive. It's working. It's working. It's working. What's that from? I don't know. I don't know, but that's what it is. I know it's from something. (laughs) I I know it's from, it's from, yeah, I see him. It's from Die Hard. Back on the sub, Ryback is gone. He he tears off his Band-Aid as a ceremonial thing. Uh huh. And yeah. fire. And then Krill looks at the captain as the shell is coming in and direct hit. He got off too easy, man. Yeah. He'd sub his toast and Stranix is going to be pissed. Yeah. And Jordan hugs Ryback and back on the bridge, Stranix is indeed pissed. What's going yes. on? <laughs> What's going on, Stranix? Like the guy, he's got like a total surfer accent. Shh. And, shh <laughs> yes. He goes uh, below to the control room, and he's still covering his ears as he starts bitching about cartoons. Mm-hmm. Oh, that oh, porky pig. Little red fucker with a mustache. One of the big chickens. Stranix. Ah! 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 All of my life. Saturday morning cartoons. The best. Whoa. For example, 
Do you remember those two little shrimp coming in, riding in on those two little seahorses with little hats, little chaps, little pistols, bam, 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 shooting back over their shoulders to rescue that lobster from the Swedish cook? Funniest thing you ever saw in my life? Splendid work, by the way. And it's splendid work. My, my, my. How hell doth quicken the spirit. Up and ready. Where? Fire control. Of course, the fire control. Yes. Chips and dips on the weather deck. Don't be late. Motor launch is waiting. All hands. Clear out of here. Let's go. Okay, I know what it's working is from. Mm. It's little Annie. What? It's when he turns on his pod for the first time, his pod racer. Oh, little Annie. Okay, I thought you were talking about like little oral Annie. I mean, orphan Annie. Of course, you'd go with little oral Annie first. But can you, I can picture that was one of the first pornos that I saw was little oral Annie. But Stranix says four months. Okay, okay, hold on. Something just occurred to me here. They had eight tomahawks. Okay, the plan was always to shoot two of them at Honolulu. That's a lot of fucking money that they're giving up. Yeah, and you'd have to figure that one tomahawk would basically irradiate pretty much all of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, they will find you. <laughs> if you're the son of a bitch that dropped a nuclear weapon on a city and killed all kinds of people, somebody's going to find you. Unless they think you're already dead. Right. But Stranix says four minutes, meet us at the motor launch, and right no, back the in- BBC, the BBC tells them four minutes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. The crew is admiring their work. Yeah, they're busy uh, sucking each other's dicks about blowing up yes. the sub. And then Stranix launches the piggy, or the piggy, the nuke, but he does it by every time he clicks the button, this little puggy piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none. And he starts air guitaring the national anthem as he sits down. Uh-huh. And the Tomahawks launch and happy trails. Yes. And Ryback tells Jordan, get the phone. What? The phone, the cell phone. No, the car phone. The car phone. Yes. Back at the Pentagon, they're aware of the situation. The Nimitz is tracking two Tomahawks launched from a ship. Yes. 24 minutes. Uh, destruct codes. Well. On the, on the Missouri. Scramble the jets. Yeah. What are the consequences? One million people will reach 10,000 degrees in less than one second. And that's when the guy from the CIA says, we'll just blame it on the cook. Yes. He says the exact same thing in Under Siege 2. Is the CIA guy in on this? No. No, he's not. Okay, because he's the one that says, oh, we're sure he sunk the sub. Well, it's CYA. Okay. All right. And he, I think he honestly believes that. But the, the fighters are scrambled and... Uh, Mr. Pitt and the bad guys that remain absent Stranix are on deck and Ryback shoots one of them and then hand to hand combats somebody else. Well, he, he, uh, he, he does a roadhouse road. Yes. Roadhouse. Yeah. Rips what's, his what's, throat out. Yes. What is fucking Patrick Swayze's name in that movie? Oh God. I can't believe I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, Oh God. That's Snake Plissken. no, Main character, road, house, Cole Trickle, 
John Dalton. It's Dalton. John, it's Dal- It's just Dalton, though. But his first name's John. Oh, okay. And then Wade Garrett. Brad Wesley. Okay. All right. Red Webster. Right. Okay. Elizabeth Clay. Yeah. Uh, the old guy shoots a guy. Um, they get the phone. Ryback enters CNC. And as he enters, there's Stranix with a pistol pointed at his head. I'll take that weapon. And then Ryback says, you look familiar. I know you. You and do. Stranix says, I think you do. Been a long time. So apparently in the beginning of this movie, they were either going to shoot a scene or shot a scene. And it just didn't work out of a little prehistory of Stranix being the CIA guy briefing Ryback's SEAL team. That gave him the bad info, which is the yes. reason. He, okay. Uh, no, didn't give them, didn't, uh, maybe it was the bad info. See, I thought the bad info came from the other CIA guy, the the guy that's in the, the control room or the, in the Pentagon. Yeah, Breaker. No, I don't think so. But I mean, that did happen when we invaded Panama to oust Noriega. Uh, four SEALs were killed and eight more were injured when they were tasked with taking an airport. And Rangers take airports, but the Navy were, was kind of pissed off that their shiny toy didn't have a job. So they gave it to the SEALs, and I think they landed, a bunch of them landed in the ocean and drowned. But Stranix is giving him a tour, and the Tomahawks are speeding towards the Aloha State. I got the key, lock is broken, going to watch the end of the world on television. Put your feet mm-hmm. up, relax. Yeah, it's going to be a shame to kill you because you are good. And it's, he says, behold my finest work. Do me a favor. Tell me so. You really think blowing up a bunch of innocent people is going to change anything? What made you flip like this? I got tired of coming up with last-minute desperate solutions to impossible problems created by other fucking people. All your ridiculous, pitiful antics aren't going to change a thing. You and I, we're puppets in the same sick play. We serve the same master. And he's a lunatic and he's ungrateful. There's nothing we can do about it. You and I were the same. Oh, no. No, 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 no. There's a difference, my man. You have faith. I don't. It it is. I would say that that whole speech is kind of out of character for Ryback. Because it's almost unpatriotic what he's saying there. Mm, I don't think so. Because... He kind of disillusioned with the whole idea of chain of command. Okay. Um, you know, he's just there to kind of work out his 20s so he can get a good pension. Right. Yeah. But the one thing I love about this scene is Shranix does great pole work mm-hmm. with the way that he's adjusting yes. his gun as he's going around all these poles in the CNC. Yeah. CIC. Yeah. I, yeah. He does it like three or four times. But after that speech, Ryback kicks his, the gun out of his hand, and then they both have knives, and it's a knife fight. And I believe Stranix, we've seen this knife like three or four times in this movie already, the big butcher knife that he used to cut the slab of roast beef. Because mm-hmm. at one point, Krill was holding it up as well. But Ryback cuts him four times and tosses him before Stranix gets a little cut above his eye. Yeah, but it, it's not just a little cut. <laughs> but they're both struggling, kind of like grappling. And then 
Ryback bites the blade bites of the knife down onto the knife and puts his thumb in his eye, in Stranick's eye, and then stabs the knife through the prosthetic head from the first Terminator movie. <laughs> Yeah, but he skull fucks him with his thumb. Yes, and fucks he up does. his eye. And yes, he, after he plunges the knife through the top of his head, he pushes him into a radar screen. Uh huh. Why? He, he's already why not? dead. Because <laughs> it looks fucking cool, man. That's so, why. He says, "Keep the faith, Stranix." And then yes, Ryback, t- Ryback takes the disc from Stranix's back pocket, and the fighter jets are engaging the Tomahawks, and yes, they intercept one of them. Yeah, they shoot down one uh, back at the war room. The other one slipped through. Ryback calls on the phone. Uh, he says, we got one shot at this. They load the disc, punches in the numbers, and he says, stand by. You missed and, the um, Superman missile POV shot. Oh, <laughs> yes. As it's, it goes, okay, so the missile hits, like, go. you can see it getting closer to the island, and then instead of just kind of going over the, the island, it decides to take a right turn mm-hmm. and is following the coastline. Yeah, it's got to go up the coast. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Music builds. Uh-huh. Stand by, and it blows up, and oh, everybody God. cheers. What? I can't believe I missed it. What? What'd you miss? Stand by. Stand by. <laughs> What's that from? Star Wars. When, when it, right before the Death Star blows up, uh huh, is they're about to shoot at um oh standby standby yeah oh, anyway okay it, but right. um missiles deactivated lots of dick sucking going on at the Pentagon call off yeah, your call off the bombers call off the bombers and yeah the CIA guy guy gets up lights a heater he looks disappointed but Ryback asks Jordan if she wants to do some night swimming you know swimming at night. Like night putting? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they let the guys out of the forecastle. A bunch of them spill out the doors. And then yes. they're all kind of on the deck, and Ryback has this conversation with somebody else. You! You are still dangerous. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. But the doctor actually says Ryback needs three or four stitches. Yes. And then the cue ball guy comes up. Hey, Casey, show me your moves. Here's one move. No, no, no. Here's one move. And he 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 kisses kisses Jordan. There was no sexual chemistry between them at all in this film. No, no. I came out of nowhere. But you missed the whole, hey, what's for breakfast? Uh, I, what, what did I, what did I miss there? I don't know. Somebody says, what's for breakfast? So well, they ask case, they ask subs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then instead of sailing back to Hawaii, where do they sail to? Uh, San Francisco, Francisco, Francisco. That is fun to say Francisco, but there's an honor burial for the captain. Yes. Why is draped casket? Why is Jordan in uniform? <laughs> I got that same question. Why is she also in a uniform looking sad? Yes, he's he's saluting. He's in his dress blues. And I had to check this because um, a petty officer is not an officer. It's like a master sergeant. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, is, would he be wearing an officer's hat? And yes, I actually went to a naval website that showed that petty officer would wear 
a, a hat like that. And yes, he's uh, he has a friendship bracelet on. Oh, does he? Yes. Do you remember those like rubber bracelets oh, that yeah. the girls would wear? And like there was one, there's one color that if you went and ripped that bracelet off, she'd have to suck your dick. No. <laughs> yes, there's these like rubber colored Are you bracelets. About, like Livestrong type bracelets. Those no, rubble, no, rubber? they're like they're like rubber. They're like um, like rubber bands, but thin. They're oh not rubber yeah, bands. yeah, I remember them. Okay, yeah. Yes, and they're all different colors. And there was there was a rumor that there's one specific color that if you went up to a girl and you you like she knew about it, like that was the thing. And if you went and you pulled that bracelet off, she had to give you a blowjob. I, I don't I mean, know if that's legally binding. I'm I miss simpler times. <laughs> and and then and then there was a rainbow party. <laughs> yes, but yes, R- Ryback salutes fade to black. Uh huh. Get the credits. Your movie. Move. This movie fucking rocks, man. That's why I picked it. It's just fucking, it's just cool. Everything about it. I love everything about it. Moves by, like, this movie went by so fast. I mean, great action, great Steven Seagal, some boo, some great ass, great villains, lots of, I mean, just, this is cool, man. It's just a cool movie. I would totally recommend it. Yeah, I didn't like it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I enjoyed okay. it. I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I'd seen it when it came out at the time. Okay. It, it, it actually, though, it does hold up better than a lot of other films from that era do. It All is. Right. And like I said, I went through a bunch of Steven Seagal films, and they're all kind of in that spot, though. They're all enjoyable in their own way. This mm-hmm. one had a little bit higher production value <laughs> than some of the other ones, but it it, it was. It is, it's Die Hard on a Boat. It is Die Hard. It is what it is, which was done so much better in Speed 2. But it, it, it takes a concept that works and executes it well. So it, it itself works. No, I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely would recommend it to somebody. Okay. So any last thoughts on the film? No. No, if you can, it's it's for rent under four dollars just about everywhere. Watch it. It's a great movie. Uh, did Jen watch this? No. And now it's time for Jen's two second movie review. Didn't watch it. That was Jen's two second movie review. Jen And there's a sequel, so there's no reason to play out the string. So Which I've only seen the sequel once. I did not care for it. Watch ya. Watch ya. What you watching? All right. Uh, all caught up on Reacher. It's good, but it's still not as good as the first season. But I but I still enjoy it. It seems like at the end of every episode, it's always like, I'm going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got some line about, yeah, I'm going to throw you off a building, or I'm going to kill everybody, or I'm going to strangle them. That's how every episode ends. I'm one episode behind on For All Mankind, which I know you're not watching. Uh, we watched Candy Cane Lane, the Christmas movie with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Yep. Eh, it was the first 15 minutes of it were just not funny. And then it was just kind of meh. Not that. I mean, uh, we will never watch it again as a Christmas movie. There's plenty of other good Christmas movies. Like there's two Kurt Russell Christmas movies that are on Netflix that are really a lot of fun where he plays Santa Claus, right? Yes. Is Goldie yeah. Hawn, Mrs. Claus in those in the second one. She shows up. Maybe okay. she shows up in the first one. I can't remember. I think maybe it's the second. Yeah. I think it's the second one is where they go to the North pole. 
Uh, but I really like those. And then we normally watch Elf for our Christmas Eve movie, but we were kind of elfed out because I understand. Know. Yeah. So we watched a Christmas story, which was okay. I, I don't think my boys liked it. I mean, they said they did, but I think they were just saying that to make us feel okay. But I mean, you know, Bess and I were laughing at moments that you're supposed to laugh at and they just were like, meh, it's, it's okay. Um, I started watching the show on Apple Monarch rise of the monsters. Okay. From, are you familiar with that? No, it's the, whatever the paramount or the universal monster series with King Kong and Godzilla. Okay. And, um, they're really the only two of the, I think there's five or six of them, but the only two that you really have to watch are the Kong Skull Island, which you only need that for the first two minutes of the first episode. And then the Godzilla movie that came out in 2014, which I took best to. And I remember (laughs) about halfway through the movie reaching over and going, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cause it was so, so fucking loud, so loud, ear piercing loud. And it was just not her kind of movie, but, and I've learned just, just don't take her to any movies because there's not a whole lot of movies that her, that are her kind of movies, except one that we watched. Uh, but it's okay. It, it's, it's again, it's like obliterated where they're really dragging it out to get to that eight, eight episode season. Okay, sure. Um, have had my nephew here for the last couple of nights and we watched the first half of Die Hard. I don't think we're going to watch the second half of it. I don't think they're, they're into it. See, I, I, I find that surprising, but I have one of my two sons has never watched Die Hard. And I will say this, it starts off really fucking slow where I can see a today's 14 to 14 year olds really not getting into it. And even when we got to the action stuff, they're just kind of like, eh, it's okay. And then last night as a family, we watched the impossible. Have you ever seen that? No. Naomi, Naomi Watts and Ewan McGregor. It's about a family of five that is in Thailand when the 2004 day after Christmas tsunami hit. It's fucking gut rich wrenching. Definitely makes you want to grab your kids and give them a big squeeze after the movie is done or even during the movie. We had seen it before and it, you know, spoiler alert, Give you five seconds to turn this off. They all live at okay. the end, which is why the movie is called The Impossible. But it's really, really good. So that is it. Okay, I finished watching the final season of The Crown. Okay. Eh, it it kind of limps to the end. Mm-hmm. It is. It's interesting. Um, but it's not as good as the earlier seasons were. Okay. Up to date on Reacher. Kind of. Here's a. You know the the main star of Reacher. I can't think of his name. Alan Richin, Richmond, Richin, something like that. Sounds right. Do you know why he got into acting? Was it because he was bullied? No, he tried out for American Idol and got rejected. Really? Yeah. Huh, how about that? We watched uh, Leave Everything Behind. Okay. It'd be really nice if it had an ending. Yeah, 
It's like, I, I think I talked short. about that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Like it's like they never, there's that. Did you see why I said mm-hmm. it's possible they could open it up for a sequel? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do not like Julia Roberts and I, it was an engaging film. Uh huh. And she does not look good in that. No, well, she does. She's not aging well. We're all 50. Yes. 51. I mean, none of us, you know, you don't age well, but we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. What did you think about my son bald shaming me? <laughs> now you know how I feel. Both of my kids bald shame me. I told him, it's like, one of my, one of my goals in life is to live long enough to see him bald. Yeah. <laughs> but I have found kind of my, my comfort food TV. Okay. My TV show that I will go to, and it's a long series. It has 172 episodes. Queer Eye? No. <laughs> but of, of that 172 episodes, there's like 20 of them that I, I can just go back to at any time. Oh, Next Generation? Yeah. Okay. And it is it now, Paramount no longer has commercials um, mm. for Next Generation. So mm. I've been watching those. I've been going through a lot of those, and almost all of them have some kind of time component. But I, I've done a lot of that. And then I watched about 15 minutes of next week's movie. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So there's no game? You're just, we're just diving right into it. I don't have a choice. Uh, there's no, there's, there's no game this week. And just as a little spoiler, this is the last time I have to do a connection to a movie for about three months. Um, why is that? You'll find out. Oh. All right. So Steven Seagal plays Casey Ryback in this week's film. Steven Seagal plays Casey Ryback in next week's 1995 action thriller. 1995 action. Oh, executive decision. Under Siege 2. <laughs> no, we're not doing Under Siege 2. I know. Executive decision. No, it's it's under siege too, but we're not doing that. That was a joke. Okay. Okay. Steven Seagal plays Casey Ryback in this week's film. Seagal plays Gino Fellini in 1991's Out for Justice. Thomas F. Duffy plays O'Kelly in that film. Duffy plays Sam Moxon in next week's film about the dangers of dairy. Sam Moxon... Dangers of dairy. Something to do with cheese or milk. Mm. I don't know. Dale Dye plays Captain Garza in this week's film. Dye plays Frank Barnes in 1996's Mission Impossible. John Voight plays Tim Phelps in that film. Voight plays Coach Kilmer in 1999's film about Texas culture. (laughs) It's not Friday Night Lights. It's... um I don't uh, want your life. <laughs> yeah, Dawson goes to Texas to play football. What the hell's the name of it? Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Okay, that's where the dairy thing comes in with the whipped cream, right? Yes. Okay. All right. And 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 why why do you not have to do a connection to a movie for three months? Because I am not picking any of my films for next season. Oh God, is Jen picking them all? No. Oh God, and who's picking them? Fate. Fate? Yes. Okay. So how is it that you're not going to have to make a connection? Because when we get to the time where it's time for her to say what the next film is, I bring up a website and I press a button and it tells me what the next film is. 
So how are you doing this? Do you have a select like 40 movies that you're going to pick from? Or are you, it's, is it just any gonna, movie from the 80s? Any movie from the 80s? Yes. I, I think I should be able to get multiple vetoes. <laughs> I think I should be able to get multiple vetoes. Because there could be some real shit burgers where I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not doing No, I'm no, we're not doing that. And there's also the, the possibility that we will not have the ability to actually watch it. So, okay. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like the theme of this, of your season. It's just random. It's the randomizer. Yeah, it's terrible. That's a terrible idea. Why is that? You do realize. Why is it? Ter- you realize that that's a terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible, okay. terrible idea. Charles, Sir Charles. I don't even have a theme yet. I haven't even, not even looked at what movies I'm, I want to do. Well, I, I was playing around with just ways to do this. And there's actually a site that you can do it and you know, you bring it. It's oh, Ferris Bueller. And, and then it's like, the only problem is, is like, okay, we've done that one. We've done that one. We've done that one. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is you might have to go through a couple to get to like one that is po- possible. Yeah. That's why this is a terrible idea. It's a great idea. No, it's not. You you would tell yourself that. I think we're going to get one week into this and you're going to go, this is a terrible idea. Well, then I will change course. (laughs) (laughs) I I can pivot. You should change course now. (laughs) Rocks ahead. Rocks ahead. This is, uh, this is, uh, Henry Fonda and the kid in the boat where the kid says, yeah, gun it. And Henry, or no, Henry Fonda says, okay, go. And the kid guns it and they hit rocks. And Norman goes spilling over oh, the side. Oh, Norman. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I watched Psycho 3, too. I forgot about oh, that. Geez. Yeah, see, we're going to get stuck with a movie like that. Psycho 2 is great. I wanted to do Psycho 2. That was actually on my list at one point. Oh, boy. Psycho 2 is a good movie. Psycho 3, not so much. Okay. But uh, Psycho <sighs> 2 has, uh, oh, God, the guy from The Lawnmower Man. Jeff Fahey? Yes. From Body mm-hmm. Parts. Do you remember Body Parts? No. Body Parts is a movie with Jeff Fahey. Uh, it's a horror movie. Okay. Anyway, right. go ahead and right. bring us on home. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to 1992's Under Siege with Steven Seagal. Under Siege? And it's Under what? Siege. It's not Under it's Siege. Un- under Siege. Yes. The ice is going to break. Reach out to the show, BetamaxRewind at Yahoo.com. You can rate and review where you get your fine podcasts. And like us on Facebook. And join us next week for Allie Larder, uh, I, the guy that died in a fiery Porsche accident, Dawson, uh, a big, huge, fat guy. He's James dead. Conn's, James Conn's son, um, John Voigt. And Helen Hunt, yeah. <laughs> um, God, who else? Amy Smart? Amy Smart, yep. And um, there's got to be a black guy in this movie. Yeah, he actually I mean, played in the NFL. He, did he? Yep. Okay. For, for Void Varsity Blues. It's a great movie. It's okay. really a good I, movie. Well, it's because I know why you like it, because it's got like one of your favorite actors of all time in it. No, it's just, it's a good movie. I mean, have you okay. seen it? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. I'm sure it's going to be a quick watch. Yeah, it's it's not wrong. It's it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's enjoyable. Okay. All right, great. So we'll see you next week for, and Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New like, Year. Like, like like Rudolph comes out. Does he say Happy New Year or Happy Birthday? Why would Rudolph say Happy Birthday? Come think of it, why would Rudolph say Happy New Year? Because when he comes popping out, that's what he says. Happy New Year. 
happy birthday. So you now you can do both. You can check to see, you know, <laughs> pick one the one that he, actually, the one that he actually says. Yes. Okay. We'll see you next week for Varsity Blues. All right. See you, man. <laughs>